talk about hockey but instead of talking about hockey why wouldn't we just talk about an agent for a hockey player and said hockey player themselves because you know i i went into last night going well we got a pretty good dallas colorado game to talk about yeah lots of stories there and you know potentially devastating dallas, yeah. loss for for the avalanche not not because yeah. they lost game one but because of who they lost devastating yeah, it was terrible could be potentially potentially yeah. all the right people for the Avs scored but all the right people for the for dallas really showed up you never know it's a sport of bounces for sure we're going to talk yeah. about that a little deeper after right? yeah 100 percent. we're opinions. gonna well, he, well i guess i guess what we could do here is we got to choose your own adventure because no matter what our first block is going to be either Avs and in dallas or alan walsh mark andre fleury and the Ooh. vegas golden knights who uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Uh, Sorry, Adam. I'm, I'm just, we're going to follow uh, that with Kellogg's and then we'll do the remaining topics. So those are the first three things we're doing. Kellogg's is going to be in the middle when we talk about uh, our Selly of the week, Stephen. Mm. Well, th- this show is it guys, but what yeah, are we but, leading with? Well, can we just talk about how you guys are interrupting me photoshopping Adam being impaled with a medieval weapon. Can you, yo, can you please do that? <laughs> I don't can know. Do Jesse, can you do it? Jesse, can you do it? I need to learn Photoshop. <laughs> but that's... please tweet that out? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Keep going. Well, okay, this is where we're starting then. Okay, so <laughs> we'll get to where we're starting. Playoff series oh. after, but we need to start uh, with Mark Andre. All right, yeah. So, you know, no, why talk great about Great game last night. Great game yeah. last night. No one's talking about it no abs fans are stars fans are most people are so not. if you missed it just before i believe last night's game kicked off we had a tweet from alan walsh now i have been on the record by saying i'm a big fan of alan walsh's views on hockey um he's a big pro player guy obviously he's one of the super agents in the sport and i tend to agree with most of what he says especially about things like getting rid of the salary cap we're completely aligned on that. And he's quite outspoken about that because, you know, for him, it benefits him. He makes more money if there's no salary cap. Sure. For me, it benefits me uh, because I like the game to be actually interesting at the trade deadline rather than what it is. Um, especially now that we've got this, you know, frozen salary cap for the next three years, maybe more and more. The thing that I can't square with, and I realize that this is an agent's job, And I'm not sure if you realize that this is an agent's job. An agent's job is to protect their client. Be a pain in the... Okay. Right. Sorry, I'm just going by... Advocate for their client. Last summer. The agent's job is to get in there and do the dirty work for the client. And that's really important. Because what we're dealing with here is a player with a sterling clean, amazing reputation, has done incredible things in every community that he's been a part of, has been the face of, or one of the faces of two franchises. He was the first face, really, of the Vegas Golden Knights. And he was, you know, one of those first, you know, I think uh, it, was, it was Crosby, Malkin, uh, Fleury. And two of those guys were first overall picks. You know, or I think, wasn't Fleury a first overall pick? He was high. Yes. High. Yes, yeah. he was. So, yeah. you know, he was a major part of not just turning around the fortunes in Pittsburgh, uh, because let's, let's remember, before Crosby, Malkin, and Fleury showed up, that team was almost in Hamilton. It was very close. Mm-hmm. Very close. Um, According to Jim Balsilli, it was close. Right. Yeah. If you ask Gary Bettman, it wasn't. It was never a thing. 
you yeah i i don't know who i trust of those two <laughs> I, it's like here's he trust, away. Not, yeah here's he not trustworthy away. guy one and not trustworthy guy two right now no blackberry it was, went really well after that yeah you know, really nothing great. happened no i think gary had some legitimate concerns and i think he was right now when it comes to um when it comes to what's happened with mark andre fleury i think context is important this guy is probably the most beloved Pittsburgh Penguin, besides Malkin or Crosby, of the last 25 years. I, guess, I think that's fair to say. And in fact, there are people that it's like, I love Malkin and I love Crosby, but Marc-Andre Fleury is the guy that I want to be friends with. Is that fair? There mm-hmm. it is. There it is. Okay. Yep. Yep. So the context in this is really, really important. The reason Vegas goes out and selects him is he's got one year left when, when, that, when that fantasy NHL 18 fantasy draft occurred. Um, he was one of two goalies. Pittsburgh had come off back-to-back cups. Uh, Fleury had kind of been relegated to the secondary guy over Matt Murray, um, and rightfully so. I mean, they did win the two cups, and it was great, and they were great runs, and he did contribute to both runs. No. He was, let, let's, no. We have to ignore the fact that the team won, and we got to focus on number one, Marc-Andre Fleury. Because the Penguins stabbed him in the back. Stabbed him in the back. He was with them for all those years as number one. And it's his right to have that job forever. That's what I learned yesterday from Alan Walsh. Well, see, what happened here is that Marc-Andre Fleury was outplayed. Matt Murray came in, was the hot hand in the middle of the Wait, when are we talking about? Are we talking about Matt Murray or Robin Leonard? We're talking about Matt Murray right now. Oh, oh, okay, because he was outplayed both times. Continue, sorry. Right, and what you need in today's NHL and I sure wish the Leafs had focused on this earlier in the season, is two pretty good goaltenders. You do. You just do. It's the right thing to do. And Pittsburgh had it, and they had some pretty good forwards as well, pretty good D, pretty good everything, good teams, back-to-back cups, not easy to do, and here they are. Now, the fantasy draft comes up. Marc-Andre Fleury is obviously the one you expose because A, the five million bucks comes off the books. B, you're not exposing a young, hot goaltender in the name of, with the name, by the name of Matt Murray. And by the way, I'm not even sure that they could have because I, I think he was actually protected under the, the rules, but I'd have to go back and check. I don't really I think, know. I think you're right. I don't know. He was very young. Yeah. He won, I think he won like, or he, his rookie season was the season after he won his first cup. That's right. how young he, he was. At the end of his rookie season, he had two Stanley Cups. Right. So you can understand why Pittsburgh makes that move and why Vegas wants him. This guy is loved. And, you know, Pittsburgh Twitter, like, erupted. We knew he was going to be the first guy selected. Knew it was going to happen. And Pittsburgh Twitter, even when Marc-Andre Fleury walked out with that Vegas Golden Knights jersey on the stage in 2018, you could see all the, all the emoji tears coming out of Pittsburgh t- hockey Twitter, and rightfully so. This is a person who's, by all accounts, a great guy, fun to be around, keeps things light in the dressing room, um, has a great family life, an exemplary person. But here's the thing about everyone. Good people, bad people, mediocre people. We're all capable of being shitty. We're all capable of being bad teammates. We're all capable of doing things that we wouldn't normally do in anger. That is why I would like to bring you to these events because I don't think a lot of people understand if you're not a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, if you're not a Vegas Golden Knights fan, you know, you may not know Marc-Andre Fleury's reputation personally. The guy is known as universally one of the best teammates in the league. Now, last night, Steve, why don't you catch us up to Alan Walsh, Marc-Andre Fleury's agent, the picture that was tweeted out and what was said on headlines later on. 
Well, Alan Walsh here. So sorry. Uh, th- th- you, you want me to catch you up on what happened last oh, night? Oh, so tell the whole story last night. Okay, okay. Sorry, here, let me do that. Halak agent faces Twitter backlash. Player agent Alan Walsh doesn't seem to be winning any friends in Montreal. The representative of Canadians backup goalie Yaroslav Halak stirred up controversy following the Habs' 3-1 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. The kerfuffle stems from a comment Walsh made on the social networking website Twitter about Montreal's Carey Price. Price was in goal for the loss against the Lightning, and Walsh tweeted, interesting stat of the night. Price is 10 wins, 32 losses, and last 42 starts. Hmm. Now, Adam, does that... Oh, my God. You guys, I made a mistake. That I, I wasn't catching you up on what happened yesterday. What I actually did was read an article from CBC Sports from November 8th, 2009. I made a mistake. I mean, sorry. Do you, do you want last night? I would like last night if we could. Oh, last, sorry. I thought you wanted this monumentally stupid thing he tweeted 11 years ago. I'll do okay. the thing he did last night. My okay, bad. Do that, do that thing. So what he did last night, like, like a kid doing a project, he photoshopped Marc-Andre Fleury with a sword in his back. And I got I to gotta hand it to Marc-Andre Fleury's agent, Alan Walsh. Marc-Andre Fleury agent Alan Walsh, Marc-Andre Fleury agent Alan Walsh. He wants you to know he is Marc-Andre Fleury's agent and his name is Alan Walsh. What I got to hand it to him, uh, even though Fleury is getting stabbed in the back in the photo, damn it, he makes the save. (laughs) Puck's in front of him. He makes the save. I got to hand it to him. Wow, that's true. And you know, it's crazy that it came from his own head coach because the sword has, has a little inscription and it says... DeBoer. DeBoer. And, and someone, whoever made this photo, I, I really, it's I bad. can't decide what it's is funnier. <laughs> I can't decide what would be funnier. If Alan Walsh taught himself Photoshop and made it himself, or if he con- like DM someone on Twitter or like has a nephew who's like, hey, I got this can't miss idea <laughs> and I need you to make this so he flurry makes the save in the photo he's got a sword in his back there's blood coming out of the other side because it goes in his back comes out his stomach it's real braveheart stuff and there is blood pouring out of mark andre flurry that's a fatal wound steve you don't recover from that no and nor as an agent now he's down a flank <laughs> you know it's it's really tough and it's okay though adam because we'll find the nefarious person who did this to Marc-Andre Fleury because they had their name inscribed on the murder weapon. And it was Vegas Golden Knights coach Pete DeBoer. (laughs) Now, I found it very interesting that um, Alan Walsh decided to uh, tweet this because, after all, this person is his highest earning client. Oh, that's interesting. Who's his second highest highest earning client, Steve? $7 million. Oh, boys, I made another mistake. I I made another mistake. Sorry, Mm. Marc-Andre Fleury is actually tied for Alan Walsh's highest paid client with his Vegas Golden Knights teammate, Max Pacioretty. Guys, I Ah. keep making mistakes. Right. I just just keep making mistakes. Now, Adam, Mm -hmm. you've had agents. Have, have had an agent for six years, yes. Mm. What if your agent 
got on Twitter and made it known over the last dozen years, I am Adam's agent. <laughs> the way Alan Walsh has. What if your agent got on Twitter and said, Virgin Radio can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, they put, a, they put a Virgin Radio ninja star through my back. <laughs> yeah, and it's Jesse doing the stabbing. And on the sword, it just says, Blake. <laughs> Virgin. Uh-huh. What, what if, would, now, you pay your agent money. Yep. Yes? Yes, I do. Now, I, I mean, I don't know the inner work. The way it works I don't know the ins and outs. with any agent, if you're going to have an agent, is they negotiate the contract for you and they take a percentage of the gross of the contract. Hmm. That's with any agent. Yep. So it's a percentage. It's how many points are they taking on your, on your, on your salary? So I'm, I'm just doing some quick math here. Puckpedia.com, by the way, very underrated website, shows you all the agents and their clients. Uh, just on the quick math, I believe... There is no team in the National Hockey League that currently makes Alan Walsh more money than the Vegas Golden Knights. Hmm. Because Marc-Andre Fleury makes seven. This, that's just his cap hit. I'm not sure what his actual salary is. And Max Pacioretty makes seven. Next highest is Huberto uh, at under six. Drew in. He's got three guys in the Dallas Stars, one of them being Roman Polak. Um, but uh, they don't even add up. All three of them don't even add up to one of those two guys. The Vegas Golden Knights pay Alan Walsh's gas, his car, his mortgage. They give him a lot of money. And here's the other thing. Marc-Andre Fleury is in the middle of a three-year deal. Three-year deal, $7 million per. Signed just last year. So it ought to be fresh in Alan Walsh's mind. Max Pacioretty, $7 million a year. Signed a new extension with the Vegas Golden Knights. Signed in 2019. Should be fresh in Alan Walsh's mind. <laughs> One of those contracts is $21 million. The other is $28 million. I would love to know what percent of that $49 million Alan Walsh is entitled to. Probably 2 to 3%. And he thought it was smart. Like, we're talking, we're talking about how, like, he created a pain in the ass for Flurry. His other client is collateral damage here. His other highest paid client is collateral damage here in Max Pacioretty. See, I think you're looking at this all wrong. Yeah? Continue. Absolutely. Okay, interesting. Absolutely. So he created a huge pain in the ass for two of his highest paid clients in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs in which they are favored. I believe Dom Decision had his statistically who are the top teams, and I believe they're in the top four. Mm-hmm. There is a solid chance the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup this year. Mm-hmm. And he decided before they begin a series against the hot-as-a-pistol Vancouver Canucks, he decided, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tweet this. Yep. And I think it'll be a really smart idea. I think it's going to be a really smart idea. <laughs> but, Adam, where am I wrong? I need to know. Please check Jesse's Twitter right now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, did he tweet it? Oh no! Did he tweet it? <laughs> yes! Yes! Yo, it's way better. It's way better. It's so much better.
Oh, Adam, you look so caught off guard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think I chose a good picture. Oh, like a great like, picture, yeah, right? man. And I brought a bigger sword, let me just say. You came to fight, Steve. I came to fight. I brought a long sword. You know why, Jesse? Even though I came to stab a man, I believe in social distancing. <laughs> I just anybody... wanted to make sure. For anybody listening, I'll throw it up. It's on my Twitter. You can see Adam getting stabbed by Steve, and I'll throw it up on the uh, Steve Dangle podcast Instagram, too. Now, Adam. <laughs> Adam, I need you to collect yourself. I know you're... I, Jesse, I know did, you're I, did I from complete the oop? I'm like, it's, it's a basketball <laughs> shot, so it looked like I'm ooping, right? You know, in the I alley. Don't th I don't think you made it on that. Ah, I shit. Think, I think Steve got you before you complete the shot. <laughs> Mark, at least Mark andre Fleury made the save. Right. Um, that's a technical one. <laughs> so, or so here's flagrant one. Here's where Steve. Flagrant one. Flagrant, flagrant two, one. Probably. Here's where Steve, in his innocent soul, and probably you in yours, uh, misunderstand an agent's role. An agent's role is singular. It's to do the shitty, dirty work. Um, and I think you would agree with that, Steve. Now, a lot of the response I got from, from my, my opinion, on, which I threw up on Twitter, but I will get to here in a second. I know Steve's ready to burst. Um, people <laughs> I'm said, ready well, to stab a man, Adam. <laughs> with a long two-handed sword while he's going up for an alley-oop. Um, <laughs> in a Siakam. God drink. bless you, Jesse. Oh, oh man, that was God. fucking funny, man. Wow. Oh. Here's, here's the thing. Oh. An agent's job is to do your dirty work. Oh. So whether or not Max Pacioretty is on this team, Steve, really is inconsequential. He's got a seven-year contract, seven million bucks a year. Do you think Max Pacioretty gives a shit about Alan Walsh right now? No. He's paying his bills. Alan's done his job. Uh, unless there's an endorsement coming, I'm in the playoffs. Like, we can talk and whatever. But, like, otherwise, there's, it does not affect Max Pacioretty at all, not one bit. Alan Walsh will continue to deal with Kelly McCrimmon, general manager of the uh, – uh, is it Kelly McCrimmon? Uh, I think he's the – he's either GM or AGM. Okay, so um, we'll, be, we'll continue to deal with management uh, with the Golden Knights no matter what. This isn't going to sour an agent player – sorry, an agent uh, team relationship because they don't have one. McCrimmon is the GM. the GM, by the way. Yeah, okay. So here's the thing. Agents are a necessary evil. They prevent teams and players from having their relationships sour, meaning that a team will say to the agent, hey, listen, here's why we don't believe your player is worth $5 million a year, because they suck at this, they suck at that, they suck at this, and their only strength is really this. So we want to play, pay them 3.5. And the agent says, well, that's cool, but we've got this other team down the road that's willing to pay for that. And in fact, I can actually show you other things that's not. The point is that if you're a player and you, you hear your team shit talk you to your face, you're probably going to be upset about it. Likewise, if you're a team and the player is shit-talking you and your organization, you're likely going to be upset about it. Hence, the middleman, the agent. That's the point. It's to keep the relationship between management and player professional and not having to do with money. And it's so valuable that you're willing to give up 2 to 3% of your contract, in the case of Max Pacioretty, $50 million. In the case of Marc-Andre Fleury, $21 million, to have someone do it and do it well. Alan Walsh concocted a plan here. Now, this is total guesswork, but come on. Alan Walsh and Marc-Andre Fleury knew exactly what was going to happen last night. It was the first game of the second round. It's Saturday night. What's Saturday night? 
Oh, hockey night in Canada. Right. Adam, a whole world of possibilities. So many. So many. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. If you are an agent and your whole job is to be a hired gun, you'll take the shit for your client any day of the week because you get paid for it. That's your job. Uh, and just between Pacioretty and Flurry, assuming he makes 2% of that money, which I'm sure there's some complexities in there, but that's $980,000 right. from two clients. Right. A lot of money. It is. That depends who you ask, Jesse. Not all of, now, it's not all at once, but, you know. It's, it's a great sum of money. <laughs> the point here, guys, is that Alan Walsh knew exactly what Alan Walsh was doing, and Marc-Andre Fleury knew exactly what Alan Walsh was doing. There it is. There it is, Adam. If, no, but he told him to delete it. Now, here's the thing. Alan Walsh put that picture up right before Hockey Night in Canada started and deleted it somewhere in the neighborhood of 2 or 3 a.m. So right as it ended, right as all I, the hockey people went to sleep. Are you sure? Because, or was it later? Was it this morning too? Well, so I was following the whole saga mm-hmm. and someone tweeted, I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, uh, someone t- tweeted, Flurry is going to speak in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I said, ooh. And I just thought I'd check to see if it was still up. And, and it was? for me, it was. Okay, so there you go. And then I read a tweet, it's been deleted. And I went, no, it hasn't. And I went and checked, and it had been. Okay. So it was up. I saw someone tweet me like, I still can't believe it was up for 12 hours. That was up for much longer than 12 hours. (laughs) Much longer than 12 hours. What do you, Adam, if your agent tweeted, Virgin Radio can kiss my ass, and a video of you being impaled by a sword that said, virgin on it it had what's what's the what's the name of the billionaire richard dude branson. yeah richard branson stabbing you with a sword virgin radio can kiss my ass endorsed by adam wilde would you have it deleted sooner than like 16 hours after the fact i would have it deleted about three seconds after about three seconds after right the fact now, there's, there's reasons for that. Number one, I don't want Virgin Radio to kiss my ass. Uh, I think they're fantastic, and I've had a great time working with them, frankly. Um, number two, if my agent is going to tweet something like that as my employee, because that's what he is, I don't work for my agent. My agent works for me. So he's a, he's a contracted employee. You, you even list it on your taxes. This guy is contracted to you to work for you. My agent doesn't tweet that if I don't give him the go-ahead. And if my agent goes rogue and tweets something like that, then I'm having a pretty serious conversation with him and my boss and saying, uh, I don't know where the hell this came from, and there's no issue here. And Marc-Andre Fleury's press conference all but confirmed that he knew it was going out, and he gave him the go-ahead. Let me say this. Here we go. Greg Wyshynski actually had the balls, thankfully, to ask Marc-Andre Fleury if he did it. Marc-Andre Fleury, all he said at the press conference was, we talk a lot, I asked him to take it down. And I've talked to Robin and I've talked to Kelly and I've talked to Peter. That's it. Talk to the head coach, talk to the other goalie, talk to uh, the GM, talk to my agent. All he said, he was just talking, just doing a lot of talking. But at no point in that press conference did Marc-Andre Fleury confirm that he knew. But let me tell you this, when there's millions of dollars on the line like this, he knew. 
And the fact that he blew off Greg's question, and you got to see the press conference. We'll put a link to it in the bio here because I think you need to see it. He blew off Greg's question because he said it was the same as the previous question, which is just another way of saying, I'm not going to fucking answer that because I'm embarrassed. Yeah. And he yes. should be embarrassed. Because so he, he doesn't want to lie. He doesn't want to outright lie to everybody. But he did lie, he though. It's, if you, you tell the truth or you, tell yeah. a, or you, or you you're mislead. You're misleading. Yeah. This, this, this is why Greg is a legend. So Greg asked it because it was the previous question, essentially. Fleury didn't answer it. He gave a nice long answer. And people give non-answers all the time. It and was a non-answer. It's rare that there's a follow-up. Now, it gets a little more complicated. Now, listen, a conversation that we haven't had as much on this show, but we've had sort of privately, there's been complaints throughout the media of, uh, basically guys going, oh, we don't have access to this. We don't have access to that. And the, the conversation that we've had privately is, listen, they're not wrong on a bunch of things, but they have to understand no one cares. Today, they tweeted some stuff where I was like, this is perfectly legitimate. Ryan Rashog, the flurry Zoom call is a perfect example of how reporters not being able to ask follow-up questions is a major issue. Our mics get cut as soon as we finish asking. No ability to follow up for clarification or if questions are, I cut it off. But the, the point is it's controlled because it's all Zoom, right? You want me this to play different. the clip? Yeah, can you? Can you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. have a listen to this. Play have a listen to this if you think we're nuts. Take the first question from Jesse Granger, the athletic. Here it is. Hey, Mark, so you kind of answered it, but just wanted to know, like, what was your communication with Alan during that? Did you have any idea he was going to send it? And, and if so, what did you say to him? Um, like I said, I think we've been talking, right, at uh, the playoffs. Um, obviously, I, I love playing. I love being in the net and um, – uh, you know, there, right? Um, and I mean, it's just a, like I said, he's, he's, he's been on Twitter for a long time and um, he's just trying to uh, to protect me a bit. Greg Wyshynski, ESPN. Hey, Mark, to, so did, did you know he was going to publish the picture? It's the same question as before. Now, what Fleury correctly said is that's the same question as before. Do you know why he said that's the same question as before? Because he could not correctly say, I already answered that. Because he didn't. He didn't. And again, his cute and cuddly persona, if he gives you a non-answer, you just sort of go, eh, well, 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 well. Greg, what he did here. I'm going to read what he said to Ryan Rashog's tweet, okay? So he quote tweeted it. He goes, that's the downside. And since it's one and done, unlike in an actual post-game scrum, you're left with deciding how you want to use your time. Today, it was to try to get a straight answer from him, and he punted. So the 100 other things I wanted to ask were mothballed. So Greg torpedoed his own question to make sure Jesse Granger's question actually got answered. And Jesse Granger, to his credit, asked the one thing that everyone wanted to know. Yeah, is there another question to ask? It's a one-question no. press conference. Yeah, that's the whole reason he's up there on that stage, to find out what the hell yeah, happened. He's the backup this. goalie. 
Yeah. He's a backup goalie, and at they haven't the, played a game right. at the moment. Who cares what he what he thinks of anything else? He could be the starter. It doesn't matter. He's not the game one against Vancouver starter. Yeah, he's not there. So right he now he's the, the only, backup. Yes, he was the only member of the Vegas Golden Knights to speak today. He was asked twice, point blank, "Did you know Alan Walsh was going to tweet this?" He didn't answer either time. Mark Andre Fleury knew Alan Walsh was going to tweet it. Yes. Do Do you have any other takeaway from that? No. That's my assumption. Yes. That's my assumption. No, and by the way, it, by the way, it's not an assumption, Steve. The very fact that he punted on it means that he did it. The, re- the reality is Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't want to take ownership of this. He did it. He's embarrassed by it. Now he doesn't want to own it, yeah. which is doubly embarrassing. Yeah. We're making – and this is exactly why – and again, I've turned a corner on Marner. I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> but – People are like, but he's so cute and cuddly. It's his agent. That is his employee. It could end at any moment. He tell he goes, he goes, excuse me there, employee. Can you shut up for a minute? And let's do a deal. And that's what ended up happening close to camp. It took two days to get that deal done. At any moment, he could have made that call. But Darren Ferris, as I'm sure Adam is about to say, was doing such a kick-ass job. You know what? Darren Ferris did do a good job. I was wrong. I'm just going to go golf. I'm going to get really good at friggin' Fortnite. I'm going to do whatever it is. I'm going to go uh, do some skating on my Mars blades. I'm going to do whatever. So let me I don't got to worry about this. I got, I got this guy on a leash just going nuts on Kyle Dubas because that's his job. Let me tell you something. If Alan Walsh had done this without Marc-Andre Fleury's permission, Marc-Andre Fleury would be able to end his contract with Alan Walsh and not have to pay him out. Mm-hmm. Because there are clauses in such deals like this where if your agent goes rogue and ruins your reputation with your team or publicly, because these are very public people, so you know endorsements could ride on this, um, uh, future contracts, especially for an older player like Marc-Andre Fleury, could ride on this. If an agent goes rogue and does this, that agent can expect to have his contract canceled and to not be paid out. There are clauses for this, guys. I have a contract that states this specifically, and I'm fucking nobody. I have one of these. You can imagine how much longer it is for an NHL player making multiple millions of dollars a season for 15 years. It's a big deal. These guys have worked together for 20 years. Marc-Andre Fleury said, he's been my agent since I was 15. Mm-hmm. Guys, known each other. wake yeah. up. Mm-hmm. For anybody that's saying that Marc-Andre Fleury handled this professionally, he didn't. For anybody that says Marc-Andre Fleury is a good teammate, maybe he was, he is no longer. Not in this situation. If I was, if I was on that team, if I was the captain of the Golden Knights, I'd be taking Marc-Andre Fleury aside today and saying, do you want to be here? Because if you don't, go home. This is a team. If I was Pete DeBoer, I would have been waiting outside that press conference and said you didn't make that save either. (laughs) He had an 880. What? In the press conference. Let's go through the actual numbers too, shall we? Here's the thing. Marc-Andre Fleury on a dominant Golden Knights team this year was able to put up a 905 save percentage and a 2.77 goals against average. I'm not crazy about goals against average, but it's context. In the playoffs... 886 yeah. with a 250. Now, 
I will say, small I looked, sample size. It's two games. He's played two uh, games. On, let me but, compare it. Let me. But the first one was the one where he was awful. And you have you have very little runway. Yeah, when you're you have very little runway, and Robin Leonard was better. Right. And the other thing is just they have another guy who's been playing well. Well, let me like, let me guys let me let me do the comparison out. here. Let, let just, me do the no, comparison. Just, but like watching the games, you just see him out there, and he's a better goalie. Like, yes. why not just play him? Like, it's not yeah. really an argument. Well, you and that's why they made the trade at the trade deadline because Robin Leonard's numbers are very interesting. He's got a 301 goals against average with the Chicago Blackhawks. That's pretty high. But weirdly, his save percentage on the 23rd in the NHL Blackhawks is a 918. He was good. And in the playoffs, a 904 save percentage, which is a 18-point improvement on what Marc-Andre Fleury had, and he has a 244 goals against average. So he was on – Robin Leonard was acquired because he was on a bad team, and he was good. And Marc-Andre Fleury was not great on a very, very good team. But, Adam, he was really good in the 2018 playoffs. He, that is two years ago. And this guy – calendar. Two years ago. Well, wait till we talk about Oliver Ekman Larson. It's two oh. years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and you guys, are, you guys are absolutely on the money. This, this, is a, this is a player that is upset, and oftentimes you hear about this, mm-hmm. upset that potentially their best days on the ice are behind them. That's what he's facing. And he's faced that criticism before and yes. went straight and he, to the Stanley Cup final you know with what? an expansion team. And now that I've said it, I bet you, I bet you he does it again. But the reality is, whether or not he is successful after this, the fear that drove this was the I'm not done fear. No, no, I'm not done. Maybe he'll get his wish. Maybe he'll get his wish and Robin Leonard will play like shit in game one. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) And maybe he plays. I don't know. Why else would you do this? I have Vegas winning the cup. I'm cheering for Vegas. If you're Pete DeBoer, do you ever play him again? I think you, you, you do whatever you can to win. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You put up with anything if it means you win. However, to right. suggest for a second that this was a move of a good teammate, that in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs, you have your agent do this. And remember, your agent doesn't do this on their own. Your agent would risk losing their contract with you. And believe me, the agent's got the paper trail. The agent acted. He may have concocted this plan himself, but the agent absolutely had Marc Andre's Mark Andre Fleury's permission. And then they were his blessing. They, they were in his no, blessing and permission of the same fucking thing. <laughs> Different flavors. Semantics. Sorry. Yes. Semantics. Well, you're, mean, right. you're, right. you're right. You're right. You're right. So he had I dangled permission. it. I dangled it. I know. I steved it. He at least had his acquiescence. Uh, holy shit. That's a good one. <laughs> my Fuck, point I steved here. It. I'm sorry. My point here is guys, you can be a great person. You can be a great member of the community. You can be a great father, a great mother, a great sister, brother, son, daughter, whatever you are. Yeah. You can be great. And you can have shitty moments where you're an asshole, <laughs> where you're distracting, <laughs> where you're in the middle of the Stanley Cup playoffs, going into a, what should be a tough series against this Vancouver team that is, if they win a couple games out of the gate, watch out. Mark, the way Markstrom's playing, Marc-Andre Fleury ought not to be co- uh, focusing on his coach. He should try to figure out what Markstrom's doing and maybe copy a little bit of that. Leonard could be great, and Vegas will still have the second-best goalie in the series potentially. Yes. That's how good Markstrom's been. Yes, absolutely. That's where his focus should be. Instead, it's on himself and his playing time. His <laughs> playing time. His playing time. Are you now, kidding Adam- me? What kind of – and tell me this. So, so I, said, I tweeted this earlier. Leader on the team, no longer. 
good teammate. No longer. You got to earn that shit back. You're, not, you're definitely not a leader on the team. You're definitely not a good teammate if you do something like this. You're just not. So it, I want you to understand as a fan, as someone who watches this show, it's possible for good people to do shitty things. Now, do we give Mark Andre Fleury's a great guy? He's a great guy. But to say that him as a person, really. Right. However, people are writing off this incident as well. Doesn't he deserve the benefit of the doubt? Sure. I don't think it makes him a bad person overall. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. It doesn't mean he's not a pain in the ass. I can be a pain in the ass to Jesse and Steve sometimes. They have to call me on it. And he is. <laughs> Let me assure you. They're my friends. They call me on this shit. But I'm a good guy. I just do shitty things okay, sometimes. Now you're just putting words. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just, debatable. No. no one's calling you a good guy here, here Adam. I want to read you a couple is, things. My frustration point, and I'll let you get to it, Steve, just a second. Sure. My frustration point is, don't tell me that this didn't happen the way it absolutely happened right. just because he puts up some sweet Instagram posts. Give me a fucking break, guys. Yeah, don't lie about the sequence of events just because you like them as a guy. You don't know what happened. I'm pretty sure I know what happened. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure they laid it out for us. Fairly certain. Fairly certain. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, tweets from Sinbin Vegas, who cover the Vegas Golden Knights. Two tweets. First tweet. DeBoer says each different opponent certainly changes their prep uh, but that he doesn't think it will change his roster's decisions or line combos at all, no matter which one team it is, at least for game one. So this was a couple days ago. I believe this was before Vancouver advanced. Second tweet. Marc-Andre Fleury hasn't lost in regulation to Vancouver in 14 years. Ooh. I asked about opponents and lineups with that in mind. This was DeBoer's exact quote. When I think about it, I don't think it changes our roster decisions or our line makeups, at least not for game one. So what do you glean from those quotes? Just raw. I glean that who cares how many games he hasn't lost to the Canucks. I'm going with the hot fucking hand because that's what DeBoer is saying. Yeah. That's what DeBoer is saying. Yes. Now, Adam, does it does the context change at all if I tell you now that the stabbing picture has been deleted, a retweet of that quote is Alan Walsh's most recent tweet? Well, there you go. He got rid of the stabbing picture and he's still essentially alluding to the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't think Alan's opinion has changed. No. And I don't but- think Alan has an opinion. I think Alan's doing what's right for his client. I see Sinbin Vegas tweet that, and they're just doing their job and getting a quote. I see Flurry's agent retweet that, and I see no matter what my client does, this coach is putting the other goalie in net. Mm-hmm. That's what I see with that well, context. How you should delete that too, frankly. But well, yeah, for sure. And, and, to. Not are we gonna once. are we gonna talk? Are we not gonna talk about the fact that the Golden Knights, the the, the hiring of DeBoer was not popular. Um, and, and the reason that Gallant was let go was because the team was underperforming and who was key among those underperformers? Mr. Flurry, Mr. Flurry. And they also didn't really, do you think Kelly McCrimmon goes out and gets Robin Leonard at the trade deadline? If he's completely convinced Mark Andre Flurry's the guy, 
if he didn't already have to make a coaching change because Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't playing great along with some other players? No, yeah. and I really you gotta you really gotta give him props for that trade because it was that three way deal with Vegas, Chicago, and the Leafs. Yeah, because Leonard was a leaf. For like a hot minute. And mm-hmm. Vegas got Leonard salary retained for basically Malcolm Subban a fourth and a fifth. Stupid. Now one of those picks was already drafted, but they're a fourth rounder. It's it was a great deal. Uh Vegas tried a lot of things in net this year. Leonard had a nine forty save percentage as a golden knight. Now three games. Come on. Flurry, despite five shutouts, was a nine oh five. Malcolm Subban in twenty games was an eight ninety. He wasn't getting it done. And Garrett Sparks played the <laughs> he had one game, he was an eight fifty seven, and Oscar Dansk found a way to be worst, eight thirty eight in his one game that he so played. Garrett Vegas needed help in net and they found it. Garrett Sorry? got his chance, are you saying? Yeah. Uh he got his chance and uh I believe I believe I believe uh this is one of my favorite stats of the season. I believe David Ayers needs two more saves to catch Garrett Sparks on the season. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I just, it's just it seems so obvious and clear what's going on here. Yes. He brought in a new coach in January and he's he was there for like a month or two months and they brought in a new goalie because it clearly wasn't working with Flurry. So there's clearly tension between Flurry and the new coach. And then the agent went and made that public. Like why is anybody but Jesse, hiding? He has this a situation? cute dog and a great family. Come on. <laughs> dog, is that what you just said? He's got yeah, a yeah. Oh, he's he had a good relationship with the old coach, and he's out the door. And the new yes. guy came in, and nobody, and he doesn't have a good relationship with him. That's how so. it goes sometimes. Yeah. That's how it goes. Sometimes your new boss doesn't like you. Yeah. Just, and you don't just like just them. Your, that picture, man. <laughs> <Great> picture. <laughs> well, the reality here I is that Marc-Andre so Fleury and, 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 and Alan Walsh, to pretty much anybody's eye except for if you're a hardcore, like, fanning over these people. Um concocted a plan, distracted the Golden Knights in the middle of a cup run that, frankly, uh, I, think I think it's got to be uh, – the, the way I've seen teams play, man, if it's not Philly-Vegas in the finals, I'd be shocked. Like, I mean, Dallas looked really good last night too. But there's, there's, I feel like Dallas really and Colorado teams. are going to tear each other apart. We'll get to that in a second. Of uh, there is uh, something stinky mm-hmm. in the water there. And I am uh, – I am – so I'm really surprised, but I'm not. And I want, you to, I want you to remember this. Just because a guy's super likable doesn't mean he's not a pain in the ass. Now, let me read one last thing because this Please thing do. is much, it's much kinder to Flurry than we've been. Good. From, ironically, Greg Wyshynski. The more I think about Marc-Andre Flurry, the more I come back to GM Kelly McCrimmon saying at the trade deadline, if anything happened to Marc-Andre Flurry, we weren't strong enough to win playoff games if we get to that point. I think Fleury comes to the bubble believing it's his crease and Leonard was the insurance policy. I don't think that's promised to him, but I think it's been communicated to him. Then they give Leonard six out of eight starts. There's analytical justi- uh, there's analytic justification that Leonard should be the guy, no doubt. But I can sympathize with Flower. They gave him that contract. They said they made a trade to upgrade Subban, not to bench Fleury. The way this played out, in the bubble no less, has to be crushing. Totally get it. And mm-hmm. sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget the bubble, right? The bubble. They're, like yeah, ev- everything, tensions are a little higher. I can sympathize with it, 
I understand why he feels the way he does. Did a shitty thing. Yeah. Yeah, still doesn't justify the action. Still comes back to shouldn't have ought to done that. Right. And don't, don't for a second tell me that an agent's gonna gonna act not on behalf of their player, as in they're gonna go rogue. It's just I don't, I don't know how that got up there. Whoa! I saw it the first time. You guys saw it. Yeah, oh, exactly. And somebody asked if if Mark Andre gets traded in the offseason. Absolutely. They re-sign Leonard. He's gonna get traded. He's gone. Yeah, because Leonard's a UFA, right? So they got to make a decision on him. Right. And and I think with here's the thing: if you don't like the coach, they just hired the coach. The coach doesn't like you. You're probably gone. There are gonna be lots of teams, even if. Uh, Vegas has to eat a couple million who would be more than willing to take on Marc-Andre Fleury. And rightfully so. He does have gas left in the tank, I would think. I just don't think he's performed all that well this year. Come on, Sharks. Now, let's get to Kelly Frosted Flakes. Sally of the Week! It's great. He's waiting for Tony to jump in here. Where's Tony? Where is he? Tony? Tony? Did you tell him we were recording? I, I thought we were. Well, the, the recording light is on. Yeah, did, did he know the episode was on today? Uh, I, I don't know. I did. I it was. Is that my gig now? Do oh, I need man, to reach out to Tony? You got to text him beforehand. Okay, I'm sorry. Jeez. Let him let him know to show up. Wow. I, th- I think. Hey, I need you. Yeah. No, I'm doing. That's right. I was going to say good, but that's a good one too. Listen, uh, need you on the podcast. All right. Okay. Yeah. Jesse sent the Zoom link to. Yeah. Okay. Take care. He's coming. Is he coming? Yep. Wait, Steve's no. great. <laughs> great to see you there, Tone. Oh, how you doing there, Tone? I'm great. How are you? Celebrate with Frosted Flakes. It's a wonderful idea, Tony. I think I'm going to get right on that. Steve, who are you picking this week? <laughs> Adam. Steve. Been a lot of controversy. Mm, oh, sure. Been a lot of controversy. There's been a lot of nasty stuff. Some nasty things. Especially in the Philadelphia Montreal series. A lot of nasty things. Oh, yeah. Ton of nasty yeah, things. Yeah, tough one. However, some of those, so one little controversy in that series wasn't nasty, wasn't threatening to anyone's health. It's just really funny. <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens score on the Philadelphia Flyers. They're feeling really good about themselves. They're in this series, they're doing great. Rookie Nick Suzuki makes a rookie mistake. Pats Carter Hart right on the head. Pats him on the head. Now that's fine if it doesn't come back to bite you. Knowing the Philadelphia That calls for some frosted flakes. Don't jump the gun there, Tony. Don't jump the gun. Don't jump the gun, Tone. Because, listen, you win the series, you look great. But, you know, knowing the Philadelphia Flyers, win or lose, you might be getting speared in the ribs for doing something like that. Well. The gang's all on the ice. Sure. With the Flyers up three games to two and up in game six. The gang's all on the ice. Nick Suzuki is on the ice. Carter Hart is on the ice. Both parties are on the ice. And the clock ticks down three, two, one. Mad scramble in front. But the Philadelphia Flyers hold on. And in the mad scramble, Nick Suzuki is in the crease down on his knees. And Derek Grant, so the Philadelphia Flyers, Pat, Pat, Pat right on his head and pandemonium ensues. Shea Weber, who we have discussed 
I mean, Babcock was not right about many things, but one that he nailed was Shea Weber is a man mountain. That is a scary looking human being. His beard is made of fists collected from <laughs> fallen tough, enemies. Tough customer. He's a very tough customer, and he went straight after Derek Grant. And it's tough for him because you're trying to keep your team in the series, but it also had to be in the back of his mind. The second that horn goes, they're going to try to pat Nick Suzuki on the, on the head. And sure enough, it was Derek Grant. And Carter Hart jumped in, and God bless him. I mean, the only way I would uh, try to prevent Shea Weber from beating someone up is if I had all the goalie equipment on. Just like him. And my only regret about this Selly from Derek Grant is that it was not Carter Hart who did it. Because mm. that would have been so, so, so much funnier. But now that's a reason for a serial Selly. Yes. <laughs> yes, Tony. See, yes, I think Tony. What Tony Tony's I feel like Tony's uh um uh Tony's advice in all this would be don't tap the opposing goalie. Don't touch the opposing goalie at all. Don't tempt fate. Now, I'm usually for, like, be brash, be out there. But if the opposing goalie is Carter Hart, who's also, who's to me, the next carry price, and you're tapping oh. him on the head in the playoffs against an objectively superior team, that's, A, not good sportsmanship. B, just not a good idea. I, yes, I don't care that it's not good sportsmanship. I say <laughs> do it. I just, I just, listen, if you lose, you just be prepared. It's about you, to happen. You have to eat crow on that one. And, and there it is. Nick Suzuki deserved a little bit of a pat, and I'm sure he's learned. And that is the positivity out of this one. Absolutely. Great. Steve's great. Feeling is mutual, Tone. Feeling is mutual. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Dallas and the Avalanche last night. Now, this was, uh, this was over pretty quick. 3-1 out of the first period. And, uh, you know, so things with this, like, I mean, obviously being down 3-1 in the first period doesn't help Colorado at all. But as Leaf fans, we know it's possible for a team like Colorado to come back from that. They have Nathan McKinnon, who did score in their first period. Their, their biggest problem was scoring one, because the worst lead to have in these playoffs is 3 nothing. Yes, true. Come on, have they not been watching in the bubble? Amateurs. Now, um, in the second period, Philip Grubauer goes down after kicking a shot away. Will not be at practice today. Looked pretty painful. Like he was in pain on the ice. And it, to me, I, I mean, it looked groin or knee or something like that. So you just, it's one of those injuries where you go, that's going to hurt for a while. Thankfully, they have pa Pavel Franzus, who's a pretty good goalie as well. Uh, but certainly not the guy that they would have won in there. The important thing here that I thought was said after the game. You know, it's a 5-3 game. Dallas wins. They look like Dallas. And what's surprising about Dallas looking like Dallas is they were able to look like themselves against the Avalanche, who've been, frankly, on a tear. They've been amazing. It's like Nathan McKinnon and his band of merry men, and they are a very, very good supporting cast to Nathan McKinnon. Right? He's absurd. Jared? He's absurd. Jared Bednar said half the team didn't show up to play. And then he said, I didn't like my D, my D core. Oh. He said, I didn't like my D core. First off, I respect the hell out of the honesty. Love mm -hmm. that. Love that. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I find really interesting about that is half the team didn't show up in Jared Bednar's estimation. He's that is correct. One hell of a call out. Can I tell you why this series won't be close? Why? Dallas is going to take this in like six, five, maybe even. 
They were the 27th rank offense in the NHL. They had the worst offense out of any Western Conference team in this playoffs right now. And so far in these playoffs, they've scored five goals, five goals, seven goals, and five goals. That's four times they've scored over five goals. If their offense is working and they got to the, what was it, the third or second seed in the Western Conference just by having defense and zero offense the regular season, and now they're rolling when it really matters offensively, you can't, you can't stop them. Well, and it's not like Alexander Radulov, Jamie Benn, and Tyler Sagan aren't known for putting up a lot of points. Right, but they struggled to this. They did. And they then all of a sudden, they get into the bubble and they figure it out. And that's now, scary. Miro Haskinen. Oh, my. What is that? His 10th assist? That this he got is last a tweet, tweet from the Dallas Stars. Miro Haskinen already has 10 assists this postseason. The franchise record is 12. <laughs> that's probably now, like Sergei Zubov that owns that one, probably. I assume so. It's it's obviously grading on a curve because, you know, the the first round was – I mean, he didn't even have to play in a qualifier. He was in the round robin, right? Yep. But I'm, I'm not sure if they counted uh, those statistics, but this kid is crazy legit, and he is tied for second in all playoff scoring with Elias Pettersson, three points behind Nathan McKinnon. Miro is McDavid still like five? Yeah. Uh, McDavid <laughs> is no longer on there. Ah. Finally, I believe he has nine points, and to get into the top ten, you need ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's so good. Stupid. Oh, my God. Didn't he play four games? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> stupid. That's stupid. But That's here's the, the devastating part about this for Colorado is twofold. Obviously, you lose game one. Your chances of winning the series go down. Number two, you lose your starting goaltender. Number three, your coach says – Half the team didn't show up, and I didn't like my defense. Now, number four, number five, Kadri's Eric, gonna get suspended. There's that, but Eric Johnson got injured. <laughs> Kadri's breathing. Three games, get out. Eric um, Johnson, uh, Eric Johnson got injured. I believe he didn't yes, finish he did. the game, and I don't know how long this guy's gonna be out. Um, and I, I gotta call the NHL out because listen, all the tests that they've done for COVID and everything, um, the the league has done an amazing job keeping uh, everybody safe mm-hmm. uh, in this bubble. They made sure no one's going to get any infection. And I just want to know why the league decided that player safety stopped at the bubble. So what do you mean? Because on the ice, they are letting everything get away. And if you go and look at the play where Eric Johnson got hurt, Jamie Ben knees him. Like he knees him. Like it's not one of those, ah, his legs sort of came up by accident. No, man, this, this guy, like, tie knees him straight in the quad. And, you know, it's Jamie Ben. The guy is made of granite. He's got plastic knee and shin pads on. If he cranks you a good one with some momentum in the leg, yeah, I could see how you might be done for the next week or two, maybe more. If you go and look at the play – I. I don't, know if it, I don't know if it's intentional, but it sure is hell responsible. And I just want to know when anyone is going to be held accountable for anything. If Matt Niskanen got one game for breaking Brendan Gallagher's face. And he's going to be only, – We're only did, getting deeper into the playoffs. What did Bergevin say? He was going to be drinking out of a straw for the next eight weeks? Yeah, like and what, I, what I said in my Dang It's video for all the kids out there watching, 
um, do whatever you want on the ice because you can get away with it. Do whatever you want. <laughs> do whatever you, you said want. it with a whole ton of sarcasm, right? Uh, nope. Okay. Listen, here's what – and now I'm about to make it about the Leafs. Uh, they need assholes. Mm-hmm. Kyle Clifford is a tough guy. He's not an asshole. They need an asshole. They need people who do not care about what when, when the hockey game starts and they're on an NHL ice surface. They need people who don't care about your body. Mm-hmm. That's who succeeds in the playoffs. And listen, uh, the numbers this and young guys that and skill this and flashiness that, I get it. Every single year, I watch the worst of humanity hoist the cup. <laughs> the Blues out-dirtied the Bruins in last year's final. And I got news for the Avs. If the Stars out-dirty you, they're going to win. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think They've already well, taken out one guy with zero consequence. You think Philly could step next? up to that? Who's next? And guess what? It's going to happen. So nothing happened this time. God, God, does this playbook sound familiar, folks? I just want you to tell me. <laughs> Someone gets hurt on, the, on a certain team. Nothing happens. Someone else is going to get hurt on that team. Nothing's going to happen. Nazem Kadri is going to lose his mind. And now you'll be down three. So I want to know who's going to be next on the Dallas – or sorry, on the Colorado Avalanche. And I want to know how many games Nas is going to get. <laughs> I've seen this movie too many times. I've been in quarantine for too long, and I'm sick of reruns. Like, I, I'm not calling Jamie Benn a bad person, but, like, that, that shit was dirty as hell. The Avs are down one of their most important defensemen. I, and the lesson I've gained from the last few Stanley Cup playoffs – over the years is just once you get on the ice, you need to become a bad person. <laughs> That's all it is. It's dirty, it but is. it's also legal, right? If they're not calling it, then it's, it's within the rules of the game. Yeah. Jesse is absolutely correct. You know? Regardless of what is in the rule book, the things that are legal are the things that the officials see yeah. and do not call. If they don't see it and they don't call it, then it's legal. To that end, Matt Niskanen cross-checking Brendan Gallagher in the face was legal. Yeah, it was not missed. If Adam he runs a fast red game, light he saw the, it. If Adam what? runs a red light at three in the morning, did did he break the law? No, no one. Dude, was that's there why they're doing cameras. Hey guys, tree falls <laughs> that's why they're doing cameras because it's just like it's three in the morning, and I'm gonna all right. Mm-hmm. Little California roll at the uh, at the stop sign there, Adam. <laughs> California roll. Yeah, it's my friend calls it that, and I've never been able to shake it. Just because I don't know, I don't know. I like how we're making Adam the bad driver. Yeah, right. I'm the bad driver. Thank you. Yeah. Why? Why are you being well, such a bad driver? We all know right? how Steve drives. So <laughs> legally, legally. No, and listen, I drive nice and legal, and I'm late all the time. <laughs> The lesson is I need to start driving like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I need to take go. the advice that I'm giving these NHL players. 
I need I I want the Leafs to keep all their. You also need to get guys. your agent to tweet that picture of me with the sword. <laughs> I also need, to, need get to get an agent. agent. You don't yes. have an agent, but you need yes. to get one so you can have you too can have an agent who does shit like that. The, now, the, the Leafs can can keep Matthews, Nylander, Marner, Tavares. Mm-hmm. Their mission this offseason is not just to acquire defense, which they really need. They need to acquire people who, when the puck is dropped during an NHL game, mm-hmm. are evil. They need a, they need a couple Satans. Now, I want to talk about, because we've got, we've talked about Vegas and Vancouver a little bit, but I do want to talk about them a little bit more. Markstrom in this series is the X Factor, is he not? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, him I, and Quinn Hughes, I would say. Now, I still give yeah. the Golden Knights the edge, and as I think I rightly did with the Blues. Um, you talk about likable teams. I mean, Golden Knights are up there with some of the most likable in the NHL. However, this Vancouver Canucks team is fun, fun to watch. And I'm, I'm so happy that Antoine Roussel and, and Jay Beagle had a great last game of the first round. That con- those contracts are going to suck come, suck come the offseason, but it's not the offseason yet, and they were helpful. So good. Happy. Got a bunch of tweets about it. Happy for Vancouver. I really am. People are However, understanding the difference between uh, being overpaid and being effective. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just because you're overpaid doesn't mean that you're not an NHL player. It just means that you're overpaid as an NHL player. There are certain players. There was one I railed against on the Leafs that I wasn't convinced was an NHL player and was extremely overpaid. Yeah. Those two guys you just mentioned have 21 combined points this season. Like let's let's calm down, folks. And there's a seven and a half million dollar cap hit. Is that good? No, can it's someone, not good. It's can someone terrible. tell me if that's good? Yeah, add Brendan Sutter to that too. How good does it look at that point? Can someone tell me if that's so, good? But, but they're in there. They're, they're they in are there. exactly what I said they would be. Yeah. A, a flawed team that you know what I bet is going to make the playoffs. Here they are. are we going to get to the important part of this series? What is the important part, Jesse? <laughs> that they're Canada's team. <laughs> 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 they absolutely are. I know. The last season in the ridiculous. playoffs is Canada's I'm not, team. I'm not cheering for Vancouver just because they're based in a Canadian See, I'm cheering city. for them because they're I have fun. my jersey over here. I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Come on. Is there a need to have Canada's team? No. no. It's so stupid. Like, if the no. Leafs were the last one in, I'd for sure say they were Canada's team just to piss off everyone else. Right. You think Frankly, Edmonton oh, and Montreal yeah. are going to nope. cheer for Toronto? No, but do you think Americans are like, whoa, which one of us, which one of the 18 teams we have left are America? Team America. Which one? We must pick one each year that's Team America. It's the small man syndrome in Canada. We've got this Napoleonic thing going on here. If we could just relax, back it off. Nobody's Canada's team. Nobody. And I'm happy for Vancouver Canucks fans, and I'm happy for the city of Vancouver and the players, and it's, it's all great. It's fantastic. You guys. They are not Canada's team. No. And that's okay. They're Your Vancouver's memories. team. Vancouver, don't give that up. You don't want to be Canada's team. You want to be freaking Vancouver's team, and you want to go to everybody else no. that doesn't cheer for the Canucks. You guys, your memories are far too short. Hmm. Your memories what? are far too short. The what? Vancouver Canucks fan base, when it's feeling itself, oh, it's aggressive. Is the stuff of legend. Oh, it's, it's great. They're the and worst. It's good. <laughs> it's they're the worst, and hockey Twitter is better for it. Hockey Twitter is better for it when Canucks fans have a reason. To have a shit-eating grin. And I got to say, they have resumed the mantle in August after many years off. Uh, and I don't, detect, I don't detect any rust. No, no rust detected. They are doing a great job. And 
I was tweeting about this. Like, I've cheered for Canadian teams in the past once yep. the Leafs were out on account of the Leafs are never in. 2006 Oilers. One of the most that was, Oilers that was were a easy good to run. cheer for. Great run. Easy yeah. to cheer for. I was heartbroken when they lost. 2004 Flames. Mm-hmm. I was heartbroken when they lost. I was the Sens even. No. That was that's a different one. <laughs> so if fans around Canada got behind the Sens, that was fine. Leaf fans, how are you going to get behind? Like it's it's like Penguins fans pulling for the Flyers. How does that make sense? Or Flames fans pulling for the Oilers? It's not going to happen. 2011 for the Canucks. What what am I pulling for the President's Trophy winning team for? And then they did it back to back. What am I cheering for Goliath for? That's not fun. That's not fun. There's a reason why last year's NBA Finals, it seemed like the vast majority of neutral fans were cheering for the Raptors, even in the States. Because they're sick of that movie. Golden no, State. they were cheering for America's team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, <laughs> Although you, the sports commentators were for sure cheering for Golden State because God forbid a Canadian team comes in and wins. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And <laughs> it never- was the same when the Jays won too. Americans just hated that because it's they considered it an American game and there's one franchise in Canada, right? So I get it. But, but the Vancouver Canucks could make it to the Stanley Cup final this year and not be a favorite in a single series. Yeah, they could. I, I mean, and the reason Minnesota, yeah, I still don't and want then, them to win. <laughs> no, I don't want them to win, but they're a lot more likable than I, I like them more than any Canadian team I've seen get a couple rounds deep. In in, I like the Jets from the uh, Golden Knights first year. I was a real big fan of that team. That was a great yeah, team. and it was a, it was a they ran into the the shit hot Golden Knights, but man, they were so so much fun. Uh, seemed like they were really together before they all hated each other. It was cool. Like, I really liked, fun? I thought that team really had it. You're talking about fun versus fun. Like, I was cheering. Mm-hmm. The, the Jets, there was a bit of a Line A Matthews thing. But, like, mm-hmm. they get to the third round, and you have this electric fan base that got their team back not that long ago versus expansion team. You, that's the joker. That's I don't care if you're holding a two and we're playing president. That's the Joker expansion team. You lose, you lose. I'm cheering for the expansion team. It's way more fun. I was cheering for the Jets that got swept by the Ducks. Unfortunately, the Pavelectricity Jets. Oh. Um, it, yeah, that was that was a tough one. But uh, these Vancouver Canucks, this Leaf fan is uh, getting behind them. Can I yep. ask you guys a question as no. Leaf fans? Of course, yes. So as two Leaf fans, would you not rather have the first cup in forever for a Canadian team go to the Toronto Maple Leafs and not another Canadian franchise? <sighs> My answer is I would rather it go to the Leafs, Jesse, but I've been saying that for how many years now? And I think Canada is uh, maybe getting a little sick of waiting on the Leafs. Listen, if we're waiting on the Leafs, we might be here a while. Uh, <laughs> someone can win it. I don't care who it is. I yeah. don't care who uh, it is. Okay. I'm I'm happy for any Canadian team that wins it, uh, because when the Leafs do win it, eventually, uh, I might be dead. But when they do win it, um, it will be unlike any other celebration this country's ever seen. Frankly, <laughs> so I'm not really worried about the rest of Canada. I hope the Canucks win the cup. I like. I really do. It'd be great to have a cup back in Canada. I think that's awesome. Um, do I wish it was the Leafs? Sure. But like Steve said. Uh, we need a little more to go on then. 
<laughs> than what we've seen. So frankly, I don't, yeah, we'll be waiting a while, I think. I think, unless Kyle Dubas uh, decides to come to his senses and, uh, and, and starts to really like, you know, unearth the problems on this team. Um, anyway, Gotta get some evil make people. About the Leafs. it's not about the Leafs. It's about the Vancouver Canucks. It's always about the Leafs, my dude. Always. Uh, Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, we've seen this before, but this time is different. I mean, these were two round robin teams. They're from the same division. They play each other tough. One's the tough asshole team. One's the finesse and kind of still an asshole team, but really a lot more finesse. Uh, I say if you if you align the lineups like in NHL 20 side by side and you saw the numbers out of, out of 100, what we give each player, uh, Tampa's probably on paper got the more talented squad. I'd say that. But Boston just went to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. And there's something about these Boston Bruins guys that – uh, I mean, Alan Walsh has to be super excited that Yara Halak is finally starting the games that he deserves over Carey Price. I mean, who made it deeper in these, this year's playoffs? Alan Walsh knew this 11 years ago, that, that Yara Halak would make it much further in the playoffs than Carey Price. Alan Walsh, Seer? I think, I think he got upset that like he, he wanted to take over the selfish goalie Olympics. <laughs> And I think he saw the flack Tukarask was getting, and he's like, what? This guy doesn't deserve it. I'm going to steal that gold medal from those <laughs> crazy fans that have given it to him for some reason and give it to my client. <laughs> Not Yaroslav Halak. Mark so, andre Fleury. Uh, so anyway, long story short, Yaro Halak and the Boston Bruins. That's the X factor for me is Yaro Halak. He's so good. He is good. He's very good. Tukarask is also very good. But I'm wondering, is, is this – there's a bit of, like, the, the Bruins, whether you see them as this or not, you can't view the Bruins with their starting goalie not there as not the underdog here. And the Bruins do really well when they're considered an under, underdog. I mean, they do really well any, anyway. They do, these, which these is why I, I picked them. You picked them over the Lightning. Yeah, because how many times have I, again, reruns, it's all I've been doing. All quarantine. And how many times? Ah, this is the time the Bruins get knocked off. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. They're going to beat the Lightning. I, it's going to happen. I'm, I Experience. I, I think the Bruins ex- win too. Do you guys have the same, same side? Experience, discipline, and systems. Like, did we, we called it the moment the Caps Islanders series began. We were looking at the teams on paper going, hmm, hmm, who is going to win? And then it just something clicked and we went, oh, Barry Trotz. And then the Islanders murdered them. It was clinical. Yeah. It was clinical and sadistic. So this, I mean, Tampa is probably going to give them some trouble. Sure. Might be a deep series. Sure. But if, you're gonna, if you give an edge to a team, you're saying Boston. Jesse, what are you saying? I'm on Tampa. I think these guys know the opportunity they missed last year and going out in the first round, and I think they're back with vengeance. Everything I saw in the Columbus series is everything you wanted to see last year in the Columbus series. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Tampa making it at least to the Eastern Conference Finals this year. I think there are okay. too many talented guys that are going to look at this and be like, hey, okay, we've had enough kicks at the can. Like, it's been – it's been like a almost a 10-year build for Tampa now with these star players just going at it. Yeah. And eventually, they've got to do it or they're going to be broken up. So I think I'm going to bet on this is the year they make a deep run. And just to catch us up on the two Western Conference series, just so I'm clear on all of everybody's picks, uh, Dallas and Colorado. Steve, who do you have? I still have – well, I have the Fs. 
Okay, you have the uh, they're, Jesse, they're my who, Western Conference. Who do you have? Dallas Steamrolling. I'm going to say uh, Colorado as well. Um, and Golden Knights and Canucks. I obviously said I have the Golden Knights. Jesse, who do you have? Vegas. All the way. Steven. I'm choosing to believe in magic and pick the Canucks. Ooh. All right. All right. Okay. Now, last series, uh, New York Islanders and Philadelphia Flyers. We're going to take a quick aside before we get into this series just to mention that the Islanders' previous round opponents, uh, Washington, uh, the Washington Capitals, relieved uh, Todd Reardon, their head coach, of his head coaching duties today. Two seasons behind the bench. Caps fans were pretty fed up with this guy. Sounds like management was, too. And it's very interesting. Greg Wyshynski tweeted something. A lot of people are saying, hey, Mike Babcock might be a good fit there. Here's what Greg said. And we're going to talk about why Barry Trotz left in just a second. The star of the show, Greg Wyshynski. Yeah, Greg, Greg's, <laughs> yeah. Having a, Greg's having a week, by the he's way. He's been he's, great in the, bubble, in the quarantine right. hockey right now. Totally. He's been firing off some great stuff. Keep seeing Mike Babcock's name brought up for the Capitals. He has an average uh, – he has a salary of $5.875 million guaranteed through June 2023 from Toronto. Is he taking less to get back behind the bench in Washington? And while the Caps said they'll spend more on a coach, that much more? Barry Trotz wanted to make $4 million a year. Barry Trotz wanted to make $4 million a year. And what do he do? What do you do guys? He, we, we said, this is insane. Why would you fire Barry Trotz going into that playoffs, that 2018 playoffs? Why would you fire Barry Trotz? A guy that perennially gets you to the second round. Like if, if Barry Trotz was a leaf coach, he doesn't have to win. He's got a statue. He's got a statue. (laughs) He's, He's on legends row on Matt Sundin's shoulders. Like riding them, right? I'm he, picturing it. I'm picturing it. And, and I mean, he did it, and he did it with Nashville, too. It's a complicated statue to build, but I'm sure they it's gonna have somebody. It's, 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 a, it's a very – Matt Sundin is very tall, Barry not so much. And it, we, have it, 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 it. <laughs> we have the technology. We have the technology. So here's just, – just a sec. Just sure, a sec. sure, sure. Now, it, in the way it normally works, if a head coach gets hired by a new team while still under contract to the old team, the old team still has to pay out the major contract. However, it would be less the salary that Mike Babcock and the Capitals would agree on if Mike Babcock was the guy. So if Mike Babcock is the guy with Washington, which I, by the way, highly, highly doubt, Mike Babcock might sign on for a salary of two, two and a half million. The Leafs are still responsible for the other three and a half. And that rounds it out to six. That's how it works. So, or at least that's what I've been led to believe by multiple people. So it's not like his contract in Toronto cancels. It's just someone makes up the difference somewhere. I believe that worked that way with Joel Quinville when he left Chicago as well. So with all of that said, Washington hasn't really, over Alexander Ovechkin's career, has only hired a non-first-time head coach once. Every, Every single coach they have had over Alexander Ovechkin's career with the Capitals has been a first-time head coach except for Barry Trotz. Did you know that? I uh, did not. I forgot Tom, Bruce Boudreaux used to be the young kid on the block. I read right? that today as well, yeah. It's wow. Tom Galuti, right, from, from uh, the Caps? He, uh, I forget his uh, – he GM? tweeted out that stat. He, no, no, he's a, oh, he's a reporter. Oh, oh uh, sorry. I was like, no. He was the one that the tweeted GM. that out and was like, mind-blowing. The mm-hmm. Caps don't like spending money on their coaches. So that is a very interesting thing because you would think that'd be Ted Leonsis, the Might be. owner. Mm-hmm. But uh, some people I saw were talking about the rumors of Brian McClellan, the GM, and Barry Trotz not getting around. And I'm like, what is it about 
championship teams, uh, apparently across all sports, where management are just like, what if I ruined it, though? <laughs> I know we're doing well, but like, what if I unnecessarily ruin this for no good reason? Uh, tweet from Mike Zeisberger from June 7th, 2018. Caps GM Brian McClellan on future of Barry Trotz. We just won the Stanley Cup. He's under contract until July 1st. If he wants to be back, he'll be back. So there's the rumors that McClellan didn't want him back and they had their differences. There's the rumors that Trotz just straight up didn't want to be back. Mm -hmm. It sounds like Trotz was never going to come back. Mm -hmm. It also sounds like the cap should have maybe tried a little harder. I think people people forget that he was under contract too. Like it wasn't that his contract was expiring when he won. Oh, it was. It was expiring. It It was. No, he was. He was getting. Um, it was being extended. So there was an automatic extension that kicks in once that season expired, and then he was uh, free to go negotiate with other teams and leave. And he obviously left for the Islanders. But they still could have just confirmed this extension and just had to keep going if he was willing to accept it at his current pay grade. And they were unwilling to. He was unwilling to accept the current pay grade because he wanted the race because he just won the freaking Stanley Cup. Boys, you're, you're not going to believe this. Brand new tweet from Greg Wyshynski. Oh, wow. Attaboy, <laughs> Greggy. Here's, that's the name of the show. The Wyshynski Show. The, oh, my God. Here's Capitals GM Brian McClellan in what happened with Barry Trotz when he didn't return after the Cup and on spending money on a coach going forward. I think we were more than willing to pay market level. I think term was the sticking point on the negotiation. We spend the cap every year. I've never in my term been told we can't do what we need to do financially. Term had become an issue for us because what had gone on at the time, ownership is open if it makes sense to spend the money on a coach. Now, when they say money was not the issue, it was term. What is term made up of? Time. Time. And money. <laughs> money. Tummy. Now, if you're worried about turnover, because, I mean, if a coach asks for a long contract, coaches are hired to be fired. Perfect example, Mike Babcock yes. of all coaches. Barry Trotz was with the Nashville Predators for like 45 years. <laughs> and he basically didn't get that job back because they're like, I don't know, we should probably try something else, shouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't we at some point? Uh, it's still, that quote didn't convince me that money wasn't really the issue. Yeah. You didn't, okay, you were happy with the one year money and maybe the two year money and the three year. You should have given him, you should have given him whatever he asked for. Here, man. Here's the thing. Thoughts. Sometimes, sometimes in big sports, you get big egos. And what we found out in the first round was who was right. Yes. We found out who was right. Barry Trotz was right. Brian McClellan was wrong. Brian McClellan now has to eat crow. Fired his guy because that was – Todd Reardon's his guy. And Brian McClellan – well, he's not there anymore, is he? Is that the coach? Brian McClellan? Yeah, he's yeah. there. I was getting mixed up with George McPhee. Holy moly. I need to sleep more. Um, Brian McClellan is now on the clock. You've now let a Stanley Cup head coach walk for nothing, which you have to do, I guess. And instead of putting your ego aside and working with the man, you let him go. You brought in your guy 
team's not performed well. You have Alexander Ovechkin, who's still peak. Backstrom, all the other guys that are great. You're going to lose Holtby, probably, but you've got a goalie in Simsonov that you think is probably the next starter for the next little while. Team's good. Get the damn coach right, or you're gone. It's now, now the spotlight is on Brian McClellan. The Stanley Cup halo is gone. You got a season to figure it out, Brian. You got a season. Now, Islanders and Philadelphia Flyers. This is going to be like the Islanders' first play-in round was like, who cares, the Panthers, no one cares. This is going to be – like the Capitals series was interesting. This is going to be great. This is going to be oh. great. Two grinding hard teams. The Islanders who, in my estimation, compared to the Flyers, are less talented on paper. But, again, we talk about team. Boy, yep. does Barry Trotz have those guys moving as a team. Yep. They didn't have big seasons from, you know, Matt Barzell. It wasn't, you know, Peugeot has come in and been great. Uh, Andrew Green cost a fortune. He exists. Um, (laughs) But you cannot underestimate a team that plays like the Islanders. This team plays like a team. This is is the great thing about hockey. And actually what in, in, in the NBA too is sort of forgotten. Like the Raptors lost two of their main guys. Got, got better because they play as a team. The Islanders, you can argue, are you know two things, great goaltending and team play. They play a structured style, defensively responsible, yep. and it makes their goalies look better, for sure. They've got guys, too. But Ovillier's been a breakout guy. But they've now, two years successively, rehabilitated careers. They had Robin Lehner, obviously, and then you have and Thomas Grice, who was looking not like an NHL goalie anymore, no. who is still there. And then you've got... Um, Simeon Varlamov. Simeon Varlamov, who wouldn't cut it, who could not cut it, was cut, a, cut loose from the apps for Philip Grubauer. That contract it, looked terrible. Like, you shouldn't, it, it you terrible. shouldn't give a guy like that term just because he's battled so many injuries over his career. But here, you here go. he is. Now, Philly, Adam. Oh, what a team. Phil- what a team. But they were, push, they were pushing Montreal around. Sean Couturier hitting Arturi Lekkanen after a goal. Cheap shot. Uh, you know, the, the Niskanen stuff. Pull that shit against the Islanders. Pull that shit against the Islanders. Please. I hope they do. Like, I want to see it. But as, as a neutral fan, please pull that shit against the Islanders. It is going to go so poorly for you. I, I am – there are certain series where I'm like, Yes, I would. I would like to watch them tear each other apart, please. <laughs> for me, that's almost all of them. I'm only excited for Vegas and Vancouver to play hockey. I want the rest of them to just mash each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like th- this one, this one could be really rough, really aggressive. But guys, I saw Philly play some uh, sloppy games against Montreal, and Carter Hart was great. And yeah. it still took them six. You got to give Montreal credit, but. I picked the Isles. I wow. picked the Isles. I, Philly, uh, I've flirted with them as my team to come out of the East. I wasn't sure based on what I've seen. It's going to be the Isles. Jesse. I'm going with the Islanders as well, just because I look at the recent history of the team and I see uh, the second round exit last year to the Hurricanes. And, and then you compare that with Philadelphia, who's kind of just having their resurgence this year. And last year, they didn't even qualify for the playoffs. And there's a lot of turnover on both rosters, and they play so similar. So I just – I'm going to lean with the team with the more experience and the, the better head coach, I think, and a slightly 
Carter Hart's probably going to be the better goaltender, but I think the Islanders goaltender is just going to hold up just the same. So I'm definitely going to go with the Islanders winning this series. Here's the thing about a series like this. This is a no bad idea series. No pick you make in this series is going to be a bad one, at least from before game one starts. I mean, we'll see what the pace of play is and where the tensions are and that sort of thing. But there is, I think we can both agree, we can all agree, there is no bad pick here. The X factor for me is Carter Hart. I think Carter Hart's, like I said, the next carry price. And if he avoids injuries, potentially better. This guy is unbelievable. And Jesse, or sorry, Steve, you said it. Canadians, uh, they had some sloppy games against the Canadians, and Carter Hart was amazing. Mm-hmm. And when we, what I said going into that series is look across, look down the ice, 200 feet down the ice at Carey Price and learn some things. And I think he learned some stuff. And he beat Carey Price. Now, don't think, don't think that a goaltender doesn't think about that, that that doesn't matter. Because Carter Hart grew up watching Carey Price be the best goalie in the league, and he just beat him. You got to hope Hart's, he, I, I doubt he would have this mentality, but you got to hope he's not fat and happy now. Oh, I don't think he is. You know, I no, think he's just getting started. So I'm a yeah. big, big believer in this Philadelphia Flyers team, and it's not to say that I don't believe in the Islanders. In fact, I wish somehow this could have been the conference final, <laughs> yeah. but because I, I honestly think this is going to be. This could potentially be the best series of the entire playoffs. Adam, you don't think his his inexperience, Carter Hart's inexperience, has anything to do with that? Because this is his first time going to second round of the playoffs, you know? He's never been in a position like this. To that point, Jesse, I would ask how many times uh, with the Colorado Avalanche was our good friend Simeon Varlamov in the second round of the playoffs? Not often. The Avs, when they were good up until this rebuild – we're a regular season team that sank like a rock in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. At least for the time that this show is. I remember their first year that we did this show, they were absolutely on fire. And all the stats guys said, listen, PDO is through the roof here. This is going to crash. And when did it crash? Minnesota. First, yeah, <laughs> Minnesota. Minnesota. First, first round of the playoffs, right? Patrick Wall, coach of the year. Yeah, ex- right. Exactly. It's that, we're going back that far. So my thing is, uh, I don't think that experience matters as much when it's not in your head. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. This is his first run in the playoffs. So you're so young and you're so ignorant of, these, of heartbreak that you can uh, almost do crazy shit. Uh, and I think he's, he's got nothing to fear because he hasn't had to fear anything. Maybe next year, if, it, if there's a heartbreaking loss to the Islanders this year and they got to play the Islanders next year, it's like the Leafs and Bruins. You go home, like they're just in my head. But Carter Hart, to me, is the X factor in this series. Carter Hart and the Philadelphia Flyers are going to the conference finals. And in fact, I believe they're going to the Stanley Cup finals. That's what I think. If they win, we should just all delete our accounts. Well, I mean... <laughs> it's going to be a bad I fall. See, I, the Flyers <laughs> give me... Um, the Flyers give me hope as a Leaf fan, and they should give you hope as a Leaf fan because, remember, this team didn't make the playoffs last year. They made some tweaks. They turned over the roster. They made the changes they need to make, and here they are. They now, made the a Leafs great second-round pick in 2016. They sure did, and the Leafs have to figure out their goaltending situation because I think it's far more precarious than we've even talked about, but we've got months to cover that. Oh. Months. Right now, let's just enjoy the Philadelphia Flyers because they're awesome. Now, I do want to talk about a couple of things that have come up outside of the playoffs, including uh, last night on headlines, Elliot Friedman rarely does this, but he said, I'm told there's a story brewing. 
and and then said one name, Oliver Ekman Larson. And that's all he gave us. Now he said, I'm not sure if it's ownership, new management, maybe the contract's potentially too expensive. He's been there a long time. He is the captain. But potentially, the Arizona Coyotes are looking to move on from Oliver Ekman Larson, who has a no trade clause. No move clause, in fact. And the issue is, apparently, and again, I am not the most studied Coyotes observer. Oliver Ekman Larson and his play have not been great in the last couple of years. They've not okay. been notably Oliver Ekman Larson. Can, can I read you a little thread? Sure. Right. Account for Hockey tweets, the Coyotes could actually clean up in an Ekman Larson trade, mostly because Ekman Larson sucks. <laughs> Third period suits quote tweets that and goes, it's so hard to keep track of who is good and who is bad. <laughs> he goes like, I thought OEL was good last year, but now this year he sucks or was he not good last year? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point. It's hard. There's, There's I a feel brand like, name with him though. I feel like, well, there is definitely a brand name. I feel like certain people in, I won't say stats, I will say hockey evaluation are, and this is coming from me, are too aggressive in their who is good and who is bad. There can be, like, I think for you to be good or you, for you to be bad, there's got to be at least back-to-back years evidence, at least, like, full back-to-back years evidence like when we talk about cody cc we can pretty confidently go "Mm, maybe don't sign that guy you know what i mean actually because apparently he wants a raise what no where'd you yeah free okay i think it was free yeah yeah he wants a raise he thinks he's worth more than four and a half don't we all like what the yeah dude no No, no, they think that that he (laughs) that's no that's not real you know that is real dude that's real it's either luke fox or free somebody had it Somebody had it on Sportsnet. Somebody had it. And they said, they said he, he wants to make more money than he did. I'll have, to, I'll have to come up with a different concept other than LFR. Like if, if he signs with the Leafs for that amount of money, I'll have to come up with a new concept. I, well, he can't. I won't do it. I won't do it. I'm not doing 82 games of that. Are you kidding? Oh, but Steve, he's really good. Didn't you hear? Kyle Dubas said so. Holy shit. No. Had you considered <laughs> Anyway, we got a little sidetrack there. Um, there are guys who were good and are cooked. And what we often see is sometimes they're cooked and then they come back and they're good again. And then they're Rofsky. cooked again. Yeah, but like we're, we're way too aggressive with this guy sucks and this guy is great. Because very often that great guy shows up and he stinks and the bad guy shows up and he – is James Neal and leading the league in goals after him? <laughs> I know it's sample size and everything, but like you got to simmer down. Well, they're saying bit. it's been two or three years of this, a decline. Yeah, two or three years of this, preceded by Norris, 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 Norris. You, you can't talk about a guy who should be he should be in the Norris conversation for the better part of a decade, and then on a dime yeah. be like he sucks. You know what I mean? Even if the numbers show it. <laughs> Just so I still think he'd be an improvement on uh, five of six Leaf defensemen. <laughs> I don't care how bad he is; he'd still be better. He's not coming to Toronto. We don't have the money. But his contract hurts my feelings. 
It does. Yeah, it's too, it's too much. Also, he, has, he basically has the right to say yes or no. The interesting thing is, though, like, you know, yes, he's got a no trade. And unless you're Shane Doan, um, uh, if a team basically says we don't want you anymore, like, it's, you're going to leave. It's just a matter of you get to choose where. And I'm interested to see what the Coyotes could get for him because even in these cases, sometimes that no trade can depress value because you know you can kind of burn the Coyotes on that a little bit. Oliver Ekman-Larsen is going to have a lineup 10 teams long to get him. And I just wonder what that haul looks like. This could be a big, big, big trade. There are going to be some. might be an interesting place. Edmonton would be interesting. Yeah, they what do they give their though? big time defenseman? Yeah, but I don't know what they give up. Unless it's, unless it's another defenseman because they are right. – they are, you know, blessed with brilliant defensive p- prospects. Like Edmonton can deal from a position of strength there. But it's got to be somebody in the lineup already, and they're trying to offload Adam Larson. And the thing about Adam Larson, it's like he's great defensively, struggles in transition, and people are like, oh, put him on the Leafs. Do you want another guy who can, quote-unquote, defend but can't transition a puck? No, you don't. He's just the next $4 million Cody Cece. There are going to be some bunk weird friggin' trades yes this is gonna the, be the wild. salary cap not moving teams being cap poor cash poor a year away from another fantasy draft a year's away <laughs> from another yes there are gonna be some whack friggin' trades this fall guys right. who are for it. who who there's no games when there usually are everyone's mental clock is all screwed up there's going to be some messed up trades. It's going to be yep. great. Some guys who haven't played for eight months. Um, now, oh. the, interestingly, too, on headlines last night, first off, we also found out that uh, Taylor Hall uh, is going to pick stable winning situation over big money. He's played in two playoffs or three playoffs, I think, his entire career. It's time for Taylor Hall to play in the playoffs. So I wonder what team that is. I don't know that it is the Coyotes. I really thought the Coyotes needed to, to, to make some noise this offseason to hold on to a guy like that. And obviously, big money is still going to matter. But he's willing to probably give up a million per season to play for a team where he fits in, as in the way Phil Kessel would have fit in in Pittsburgh. Um, play for a team that's already established and good but needs to score. And to me, and I don't know what their cap situation is because I haven't looked at it, doesn't that just scream the Dallas Stars? I was, Adam, you read my mind. Taylor versus Tyler? No, Taylor and, and Tyler, Tyler on the same team. I like it. I like it. What, what a difference 10 years makes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Now, I don't know how Dallas does that. Um, and I know Pavelski's worked out really well, well there. And I, has Corey Perry, is he an NHL player anymore? He's been there. He's and been there. He, he provides. got to have. He provides something that you need in the playoffs. He's a bad person. Right. Okay. When the what? Sorry. Yeah, well, on the ice. Asshole. Asshole. On the ice. Okay. Corey Perry's a bad person. <laughs> Off the ice, whatever. Oh, he hangs out with the kids. Totally, I get it. I've seen the videos. On yeah. the ice, he's a bad person. I get it. I've seen the videos. You need that in the playoffs. You need people who, when they put on your your uniform, turn into assholes. And he's that. And by the way, one of the uh, guys tied for the goal scoring lead i'm not sure if it's the same after last night joe pavelski yeah look at that out really well there yeah that that contract that contract looked awful but he's done he's done well one of three years it's worked out okay 
They just need the next two to be all right. Um, the next guy I want to talk about, Alex Petrangelo. Now, Leaf fans are salivating, dying, wanting to come here on, for some reason, a million dollars a season. You're out of your minds. You're lying to yourself. Stop it. He wants to stay in St. Louis. They've got seven weeks to figure this out. There hasn't been a lot of conversation, according to uh, CJ and Freach. However, uh, they got seven weeks to figure it out, so they'll figure it out. If he wants to stay in St. Louis and St. Louis wants to keep him, Alex Petrangelo is a guy I think he's so good that you just – I know he's 30. I know that it's going to be a kind of a scary contract. But this is a team that next year, relatively unchanged, will challenge for the Stanley Cup again. This, like you can I, move – you can half the contract is Tyler Bozak. You can move Tyler Bozak. You can move a $5 million center. So there's half your contract. And then, and then, and then, what did he make this year? Five million. Petrangelo make five or six million. Uh, One guy. I, I want to say six. Okay, so if he wants to get close to eight or nine, you say we'll move our third line center. We'll find someone else. We're going to put you in, and it costs you three or four million bucks. You do it. You do now, it every day. I'm. I'm. He made fascinated six point five. Six. Oh my 5. god. So they yeah, need great, a, great yeah. deal. So so that money. So that's interesting because that money's already there on the cap. So they just need to find. Two and a half or three more million dollars. So there are there are guys who like want to go to situations where they're going to win. Um, and Petrangelo, I mean, hard to blame them for staying in St. Louis. They won, even if they lost this year, they have won. Um, but I wonder, we still don't we don't know what next season's going to look like at all. No, and this bubble situation. COVID and everything, I wonder if guys are going to want to play closer to home. And for a lot of guys, that's the GTA. Mm -hmm. And for an even bigger chunk of the NHL, that's just Canada. It's just anywhere in Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, an interesting target, not necessarily for Petrangelo, but for some free agents, if some really weird trades happen. Who's the only Canadian team left? Vancouver. Ooh. And if you want to win. Tanev's coming off the books. So, if, I mean, uh, as much as they love Tanev. If hockey players love recency bias, it's why Jerome McGinley signed with the Colorado Avalanche, breaking my heart. But he shouldn't have done that when he did. Oh, well. And then, and then I think it forced him into retirement. Is that right, boys? Is that right? Anyway. Uh, they love recency bias, and all I know is some guys, they're going to be looking at their list this summer, and well, or fall. They're going to be looking at their list, and they're going to go, I want to play in Canada, and I want to win. There's one team left that has a chance to win. That's all I'm saying. And so Petrangelo Alex. will be a St. Louis Blue. So <laughs> uh, he's not leaving. And if I'm the GM, I'm not letting him leave. Now, Calgary, much like Toronto, and again, Cal- Calgary and Toronto are each other. They're just mirror images of each other in the different conference. In many ways. It's in many, many ways. Had another disappointing early exit. So your question becomes what now? And Luke Fox put out some interesting things about acquiring Johnny Gaudreau. He said, team's curious about acquiring Johnny Gaudreau, who apparently is on the trading block now, potentially, uh, from the Calgary Flames this offseason, must absolutely be concerned about his ability to perform in big moments. Gaudreau's .96 career points per game production rate in regular season shrinks to .63 come playoff time. 
But there's great financial incentive here. Goudreau, collect, once he collects his $3.5 million signing bonus for 2020, 2021, whichever, whatever the new July 1st is, that's when he's going to get it. An acquiring club could get two seasons of him for less than $10 million. Now, that would be not, that's not what it's going to be against the cap. It's going to be six-something. But all the same, less than $10 bucks for probably 120, 130 points over two years or maybe more. Uh, not bad. You have to think there's something here. The Flames have got to do something, much like the Leafs do. There's another, there are many teams that are looking for scoring. The Flames, I think, are also looking for scoring, which makes this complicated, right? Because if you lose Gaudreau, what do you replace it with? But he doesn't perform the way you need him to in the playoffs. All right. So the, trading Johnny Gaudreau doesn't seem like a way to make your team better. I don't think so You're either. losing a great skilled player. And unless you're going skill for skill, or you know who's from Calgary? Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. <laughs> Johnny Gaudreau is the kind of player that gives you a migraine because you have this exact conversation and it goes in a circle. You look at his regular season performance and you go, how on earth do we make our team better by getting rid of Johnny Gaudreau? Right. And then you look at the playoffs and you go... Like, okay, maybe next year's playoffs is when it happens. Maybe the playoffs after that. Maybe the play. How long are you willing to do that? Mm-hmm. And I think the Flames are sick of it. I don't know about the fans. I'm sure there's a lot of Gaudreau jerseys that are going to need replating. But management's been there for a while now, and I think they're sick of it. Mm-hmm. This guy's going to move. How do you make the team better? <laughs> Jesse, I have. I don't know. I don't know. But there's other guys who can score in the NHL. And ironically, uh, you know, you're trying, to, you're trying to shake up your team, somehow get scoring, and somehow get a guy who can perform in the playoffs. And you're going to do that with Taylor Hall? <laughs> a guy who's barely ever been there? I mean, it's, it's just Flames have we're talking a lot about, of questions. Well, because you bring in Taylor Hall. And then you get the assets that Gaudreau got you. So you're net positive. Sure. But I, that'd, I, be that'd be lovely. I feel like before you trade Johnny Gaudreau, the problem should be all of the terrible contracts that are on the books <laughs> for the Flames. It's like the Milan Lucci's deal is 5.25 until 2024. And he, you know? his, that penalty in that last game that he took, <sighs> two penalties. The three nothing penalty and the three three penalty cost them the series. That's not a. I guarantee they look at they go ah, that's just Luch. Right. And they look at it. Oh, I, and man. they and they look at his point streak. That guy set a Flames record in these playoffs. Come on. Uh oh, are the Flames? Cost the, them. Are the Flames about to have a really stupid off season? Yeah. And then like the Backlund deal. Backlund's thirty one and he makes five point three five until twenty twenty five. They got a bunch of those death deals, eh? Yeah. Like they a bunch do. of those a bunch of those not top end, not necessarily wicked value, not necessarily... like I get, okay, they didn't they obviously they had Matthew Kachuk in the press box for that elimination game, which mm-hmm. is killer for them. He's their highest paid forward for a reason. He's their game breaker though. Like again, just going through their their lineup. Like who's who's the guy? who you'll put up mano e mano against anybody in the league. Gaudreau? Mm-hmm. No. 
Monahan? No. Backlund? No. Lucic? No. Lindholm? No. Right, like, other than, like, I haven't named a bad player yet. Nope. And, like, and you know, Lucic proved to be better than we thought. Like, I haven't named a, named a bad player yet, but, like, I've, I haven't raised my eyebrows at anything. Right. You know what I mean? You, you, any of the teams left in the playoffs, you take their cores and you, you put them up against that. I, I take any of the teams left in the playoffs. You look at their defense. Giordano, Hannafin, Brody, Hamannick. Oh, now we're talking. They added Gustafson at the deadline from Chicago. Now we're talking. Giordano is 36. He's going to be 40 when his contract ends. I'm pretty sure. Isn't TJ Brody up? Uh, TJ Brody is Isn't Hamannick as well? Hamannick is up. Forbort is up. Gustafson is up. Stone is up. Shillington is an RFA. They, oh, and they have Rasmus Anderson, who they've extended. So, by the way, adding right. to their cap situation, Rasmus Anderson's going from making seven fifty to four point five. Right. So that's pretty t- dude. There, there seems to be a-, a lot of like just contract problems in Calgary. Well, and I was reading today. Oh wait, no, sorry, that was the Oilers. I read the Oilers are open to bringing Mike Smith back, and I'm like, you guys. Are I was mas- going to get to that. You're masochists. Um, yeah. Okay, sorry, Adam. But uh, and, and in net, Talbot is up, and they have Dave Riddish. Dude, <laughs> not fun. Not having a fun time at all. At all. No, you know what team I, makes strangely some sense for me for Calgary? It's in the same division. Oh. Name a team in that division that makes a lot of sense for Johnny Gaudreau to go to. Steve and Jesse. Whichever one of you gets it first, I will commend. LA? Los Angeles. Ah, I got it. It's a team that can't score. Team that's got a ton of cap space and a ton of prospects and picks. Mm-hmm. Team with meet. some ugly contracts, let's be honest. Like but the Dustin Brown, like win? Jeff Carter. Are What's they that? trying to win now? Well, if I'm the Los Angeles Kings and I'm drafting well, which they are, they've got, they've got a good – the cupboard's filling back up again. I think they're, tur- they're going to turn it around. I don't know that it's going to be as quick as, say, the Rangers. But a guy like Johnny Gaudreau kind of sort of makes sense in a little bit of a, a strange way way i know they've got a lot of long-term big money deals uh but some of those are expiring within a few years and i, I would imagine that Doug brown and jeff carter probably go on ltir here at some point la's got lots of money they'll be fine um and then you've got you know beyond onze kopitar making 10 carter carter and brown are making 10 combined or just over and then you've got i follow and then lewis making 2 million and basically nothing else besides adrian kempe at 2 million and then Check out the LA off or defense. Drew Doughty makes eleven million. Ben Hutton makes one point five. Michael Anderson nine twenty five. Sean Walker seven forty five. Yoakam uh, uh, Ryan seven twenty five. Matt Roy seven hundred thousand. Chris McDermott. Wow. So uh, or Curtis McDermott. Excuse me. That team is bare, bare, and they've got at very least something to throw Calgary's way for Johnny Gaudreau. And I think in Calgary's situation, what you do is you say. We'll do Johnny Gaudreau, but you also have to take Milan Lucic. You have to take that contract. LA can That's afford that That's a lot contract. of money, man. <laughs> LA can afford that contract. And think about how little they would have to give up. And that gives Calgary a lot of room to do a lot of things, which they're going to have anyway because they have a lot of defensemen up. But they have to – Calgary at least has to maintain their defense, do they not? I, I mean, that's been, yeah. that's been the thing that's performed for them. 
Yeah, but if if you're taking on Lucic, I want to see someone like part of Lucic. Even if you take Lucic at three million. Yeah. I What's their identity? What, What's Lucic? their identity? The, the Flames. We always oh. talk about the worst teams are the teams where you're like, what are they? What are you? We look at the Islanders on paper, and I still say they are, like, just on paper, not that special. Barry Trotz automatically makes their identity defense first. Mm-hmm. And their defensemen buy in, mm-hmm. and their goalies succeed. And if their forwards play hard enough and responsible enough, they'll help on the defensive end and they'll chip in a few goals. And usually they'll score more goals than their opponent and they'll win. What is the Calgary Flames identity? Yeah, they got great defense. And behind them, they put what? They put Cam Talbot and a 1A. Like is, is Dave Riddich, and again, Dave Riddich is, is, it's just like that forward conversation. I like Dave Riddich as a goalie. You put him up against Robin Leonard, who do you pick? Robin Leonard. You put him up against Jake Markstrom, who do you pick? Jake Markstrom. You put him up against Vasilevsky, who do you pick? Vasilevsky. But put him up against Halak, who do you pick? It's an easy problem for the Flames to solve. There's going to be a lot of goaltenders on the market, including Marc-Andre Fleury. So then that becomes their identity. Robin Leonard's going to be up. They could go get Robin Leonard. They could literally go get him. I don't think Cam Cam Talbot's the guy. But I would say right now – I don't think Big Save Davis either. they, They can make a big deal with Gaudreau. And I don't think it'll affect their team as adversely as you might think uh, because they currently have no identity. The Flames aren't anything. Hmm. The, the, dude, the Leafs, I mean, I mean well, for all their struggles, at least you know what they are. Yeah, flawed. <laughs> but offensive. I was, well, I was about to say high offense, and they freaking got shut out twice against Columbus. They're almost, offensive almost and times. offensive. Yes. <laughs> So, like, and listen, let's not compare, you know, barf to puke. It's the same thing. <laughs> what Here. do you mean? Like, uh, like permission to blessing? <laughs> yes, exactly. Let's not pull a Steve with all this. No, they're in a bad way. The so Flames are in a bad way. So let's go up the highway three hours and talk to Edmonton or talk about Edmonton. Why would you want to bring Mike Smith back when you've got so many goalies potentially available? Because you hate yourself. I, I don't know what's wrong with them. I, you hate like, yourself, and you're yeah. like, man, b- g- boys, we came really close to succeeding this year, and we mm-hmm. need to we need to not knock that shit off. We we need to find a way to ruin this now. If, if Robin Leonard is available, and you're Edmonton, oh. and you can put Koskinen and Leonard in net, oh my god, dude, have Koskinen? What's he make three million to have him play thirty five games? Leonard fifty four point five. Well, that's too much, but still, yeah. I don't know if they would need to make. Any changes beyond that? No, I think you just do that. Because again, you have McDavid and Drysaddle, and, it's and great such a silly young advantage. defense coming up, man. Great. Why are they defense. looking for another goalie when they have Koskinen? Is he not the starting goaltender there? No. Is, is four point five plus like one point five on a backup not enough for your goaltending? It it should be. Koskinen is good, but he enters that conversation of you again all the starting goalies left in these playoffs. You want Koskinen or blank Koskinen, Koskinen or, or blank Markstrom, Koskinen Carter. or blank Koskinen, Koskinen or, or my Carter answer Hart. is not Koskinen to any of them. Right. And he's good though. I think he could be a good platoon goalie. Mm-hmm. You know I what I mean? Robin Leonard is perfect for that. He's done that. He did it with Kerry or uh, uh, 
Corey Crawford. But Robin Leonard's going to command way too much money with his performance recently. <sighs> I don't know I if anyone's going to command too much money. Yeah, so there's that. That's fair. And I also think if you're the Oilers, you can, you can find a taker for Adam Larson. Because you've got enough low-cost D. Uh, you can replace what Adam Larson brings. Because even specs like Adam Larson's gone. Right? Like they, he's gone. So somebody's going to take a right-handed shot defenseman at $4.1 million. Who cares if he can't transition? If he's playing 3-4, you're fine. Or at least a lot of teams are going to look at it that way. Like, I look at a guy like Adam Larson, weirdly, and go, that might not be the worst with Travis Dermott. <laughs> Here's a guy that can transition. Here's a guy that can defend. We have one defenseman. This is, this is my sneaky thing I'm working on, Adam. Uh-huh. Uh, the Oilers need a little bit of depth scoring. The Leafs have some of that. Package package Connor McDavid's old Erie Otters teammate, Travis Dermott. Get get us a little Ethan Bear. No, why are we trading the thing that we don't have? Because I want Ethan Bear. Because I want want, want Ethan Bear. I want Ethan Bear. What? They're not trading Ethan Bear. So we're trading trading Dermott and what for Ethan Bear? Mm -hmm. Dermot Yonson? Like, that's a lot of money. Ethan Bear, but we're cooking. We're figuring it out. I I don't think we're cooking. (laughs) I think we're cooking. We're cooking. I think we're cooking alone. This is a couple's night. We are cooking. (laughs) I I want to. I want to know the trade. What? Yeah. What's the trade you're proposing? (laughs) Okay. Lay it out. You don't cook without knowing the end goal, Steve. (laughs) Okay. Bear for Dermot is that's terrible. That's not enough for the Oilers. Okay. Mm -hmm. But there's something there, I think. So. And obviously making Connor McDavid happy, I think is paramount. And I think getting Travis Dermott would make him happy. Okay. So there's something they need depth scoring. You want it? We got it, baby. We, we got, we got what, what you want. Kerfa, Kapanen, Janssen. Kerfa, you want Kapanen, you want Janssen. Kill penalties. Let's say it's, we'll say it's Janssen. And you say, well, Janssen, there's a little bit of, you know, he's kind of busted. Like I'm, I mean, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, Adam Larson's a little busted. And also, dude, we're giving you two right D. How is that going to work? We're giving you Ethan Bear. And uh, we're giving you Ethan Bear and Adam Larson. Throw a little Justin Hall action in there. Like, I think there's something there. Mm -hmm. I think there's something there. See, you guys are making fun of me a lot more than you were. I'm actually looking at... uh, um... Uh, I'm looking at a tweet here, just a heads up. There are reports um, that potentially Gerard Gallant could be the guy for the Capitals, which makes a lot of sense. So fun. So that fun. That would be fun. That would be really so fun. fun. Poor That's Gerard great. Gallant, man. Why did it look? What's the deal? I can't wait for the Caps to be like 20 and 5 to start the season and he gets fired. <laughs> That's just what happens to him. Don't right? you dare think about getting a taxi to the airport. <laughs> we will not call you a taxi. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, listen, uh, Calgary's got an interesting situation. Toronto's got an interesting situation. They could potentially help each other out. Um, Edmonds has got a very interesting situation with that goaltending. We'll follow that. The next, uh, the next three months are going to be very interesting. And Chris Johnson made a really good point. We're already in the second round, and it is August the 23rd. Meaning... There's pretty good potential that the Stanley Cup could be awarded before October 1st, which means two months between um, the end of this season and the beginning of next. And whatever the beginning of next looks like, because we really have no idea. My mental clock is shot. 
what a shot. So you'd have it would be good for the players, even the Stanley Cup winning ones, that they would have some time, at least a month to just chill and then go back to training camp because you know training camp is going to be three four weeks long. When is the draft? Uh, I don't even know. I don't know either. I don't know how they announced that. I don't know. The Leafs don't have a first pick. I don't care. They got to play the playoffs first because they need the right. seeding for the playoff teams, right? Right, right. Yeah. So whenever the Stanley Cup is awarded, a couple of weeks after that. Mm-hmm. Damn. Interesting. There you go. Um, let's move to the press conference. Gentlemen. The Presser The Steve Dangle Press Conference. Oh, Marc-Andre Fleury fans in my, in my mentions and in my DMs right now. Listen, I get it. I totally get it. He's Tell them really, that there's no he's combination. A guy. There's no combination of letters and grammar that make them right. Right. You could say, go. You go ahead. You say a big old bunch of things. He and his agents should not have done what they did. Yeah, that's all. By the way, I like Mark Andre Fleury. I still like him. Sure. Did a dumb thing. Did a dumb thing. Just did a bad thing. <laughs> I regret the thing I did. This is from Gianni on Twitter. They want to know what are your guys' most valuable collectible item? Most valuable collectible item. Steve, you probably got a good one somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I'm Behind you on the wall. <laughs> uh, Primer doll. Hey, that's behind this computer. It's on the other wall, you piece of crap. Uh, valuable. I feel like I have a lot of stuff that is cool, but it's not necessarily valuable. Define cool. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> You know, Steve, my Charmander shirt or the dolls hanging in your room in the back? My mall kiosk Charmander shirt. And by the way, it's all the starters. Oh, you piece of crap. <laughs> wow. 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 Um, <laughs> I got a signed Jerome McGinley jersey. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, it might be my ticket stub from the gold medal game. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what That's those go for. Um, I don't know what those go for. I have a few autographed sticks. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have anything of like crazy value. I have a, I have like an Ovechkin rookie card that I know is probably, I could probably get a few hundred bucks for that. I have, I have a puck here sitting on my desk. Um, I think this one, it's either this one or this one. I'm not sure which one. One of them is Brendan Shanahan's signature on a Leafs puck. Can you hold them is, up? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's the camera. It's not gonna uh, It's blurry. Yeah, it's too blurry on the camera if I put it up. But one of them is that. And then the other one is a player I forget. Did you meet Brandon but, Shanahan? Uh, it was that one. You don't remember when they held those fan fest things? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I went to the first one. Cool. Did it go he really was, bad? He was, yeah, the first one was, oof, it was not great. <laughs> um, but he was walking down the concourse, and then obviously it's fan fest, and he got swarmed. And then uh, people were just sticking in things to get signed, and I had a leaf spuck, and I stuck it in the in the uh in the pile and he he signed it he scribbled his name on it yeah and that, that's what happened that's cool but yeah I don't, so i don't know i don't know which one i gotta figure out which one it is but yeah i got a signed uh, felix podvin mask that's probably worth a oh that's cool that's yeah. worth money yeah. um I, I don't know about valuable but um because when an autograph is signed if it's directed at you 
it's instantly less valuable, obviously. Yes. Yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> I have a picture of Bobby Orr scoring that famous St. Louis goal where he's diving in the air. And my mom met him because she interviewed him before I was born. So he signed this picture for her and she had it framed and put in my room. And before I was even a hockey fan, like I didn't become a hockey fan really until I was like grade three, grade four when I started playing. And, uh, and so it wasn't until that point that I realized, holy shit, Bobby Orr's autograph's been sitting in your room this whole time. So there's that. And then I interviewed Doug Gilmore once on breakfast television and I brought in one of my ex-girlfriends bought me a vintage, like to the, to the seam vintage Doug Gilmore, 93, 94 Jersey. Um, and it, oh. I think it has the C on it because I haven't seen it in years. It's, it's in a box somewhere, which is a shame, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's got, it's his first year where he's captain and they did. And she took it to the spot to get it lettered properly. So she dug up the Jersey and wow. like on eBay and made sure it was too specced. And then she took it to the, uh, uh, she took it to a, like a, a high end Jersey, whatever stitcher and said, give me the exact specifications of this jersey from this vintage. So they did. And I, you know, we've long since broken up, long time ago. Uh, but I held on to the jersey because it was one of the, the best gifts I've ever been given. And, uh, and then when I, when I met him, I had him sign it. And what's cool about this jersey, it's still got all the tags and stuff on it too. Like it's all, so he signed. And the great thing about Doug, really smart. This is a guy who signs autographs all the time. He signed the back and the front. So you can put it in the shadow box either way. So one of these days, I'm going to get that shadow box and put up. Uh, but I haven't done that. So shout out to Megan for that. That was a great gift. Thank you so much. <laughs> Adam, do you not have the four big Leafs, current Leafs signatures on jerseys? Don't you have Riley? Yeah, you know what? No, I don't have all four. I've got, I've got, so yeah, actually I forgot. I have, an, I have a signed Austin Matthews authentic jersey. This guy. And that was awesome. a wedding present. Uh, and I have a signed William Nylander authentic jersey. And these are the $300 fight strap ones. 88 or 29? 29. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was years ago. But I like the 29. I think that's vintage. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so I have, I have those as well. But again, like for me, it's, it's weird. Like I would forget that because it's just um, <laughs> the memory of meeting Doug Gilmore. So the memory of meeting Doug Gilmore, the memory of, you know, interviewing Wendell Clark on this podcast means a lot more to me than having the signature up in my room. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, wouldn't, wouldn't you rather have an autograph addressed to you? You know what I, I think mean? so. I, that's yeah. what I would look at it like. Cause I'm not looking to sell my Bobby Orr autograph. I think it's sort of like that's special to me. And my mom did that for me, which makes it even more special. And I, and she was pregnant. Like she didn't know. Like I got a Bobby Bond, uh, a couple Bobby Bond things, but they're they're addressed to me and my wife, and I'm oh. just like, that's cool as shit. And yeah. I, with it, I get the memory of meeting Bobby Bond. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know that's, the value of something. Yeah, yes, whatever. right. And that's the thing is that like you know, when you show your kids these things, when it you know that's how you start thinking when you're a parent. Uh, uh, like I want to be able to talk about the story behind them. Right? I don't want to just have a bunch of random autographs. I want to say to my daughter, this was my favorite player and I got to interview him and this is why it's a full circle moment, like the Doug Gilmore thing. Right? That's why I kept all my press passes and have them hung up. I, like, I remember right. the story associated with every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Right. And like yeah. one day I'm going to be like, and daddy did this and daddy did that. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, oh, oh my God. Shut up. Bob. Steve, we went to high school together. Stop calling yourself daddy. <laughs> oh, you're right. Leo, I have a story to tell you. Uh, anyway. It's, it's, it's funny, the, uh, uh, 
it, 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 it doesn't make you more nostalgic, but you do start to think about the stories you're going to tell your kids when you have them. It's like, oh boy, I better pass that piece of information on. I can't, anyway. can't wait, man. Uh, we're good for questions. We're good. I guess other than that, uh, yes, we did a Wendell Clark interview. It is up on, if you're on your podcast feed, you'll see there's one that says Wendell Clark. It was uploaded yesterday. And on YouTube, the entire video is there. So go watch that. He was a lot of fun. And that was with Frosted Flakes. Yes. Um, he told to me my favorite story about Leafs past. And we won't wreck it, but how the Leafs, without underground parking, used to get into Maple Leaf Gardens on game day. It's the best story. It's my favorite story ever. That story sounds like it's from the 60s. Yeah. And from like our lifetimes. Yeah. And it's remarkably detailed. Like he goes right into it. And what a great sense of humor Wendell Clark has. And uh, I just, that's the thing. Like too many times people bring on alumni like that and go, well, what do you think of the current Leafs? Or what do you think of the current NHL? Or what, what do you miss fighting, Wendell? I want to know what the, what the rickety NHL in the 80s was like. That's, that's what's interesting to me. You know, they, they don't want to talk shit about young players now. They've been there. What they do want to say is, Harold Ballard was wild, man. The guy's wild now. It's crazy. Or, you know, the, you know, like there's some crazy stuff. And so anyway, you're going you're gonna to hear this story. I love this story. It's the juiciest story ever, and it's the best. And I love it. Uh, best part of the interview, Steve was late. <laughs> I was not. I was on time. I was exactly on time. How dare you? My favorite. Uh, even late for Wendell. So, even uh, late for Wendell. I had a rough drive. So, Also, happy birthday, Kobe Bryant. Oh, happy Tragic birthday. loss of 2020. And we're hoping for a big Raptors win today. Yes. Yeah, wrap be up the, the first series. week of franchise history. We'll see. Go Raptors. Raptors. the steve dangle podcast follow the guys on twitter at steve underscore dangle at adam w-y-l-d-e and at jesse blake connection complete i just remembered i have a fucking sword